Yo, what's going on everyone? It's Brian and Jim here. We're drinking beer and play a game and welcome to another episode of the Power Hour. Yes, hello everybody. Welcome to episode 209. How are you doing tonight? Thank you for joining us. Speaking of joining us tonight, it is a this is a man that we have spent a lot of time with over the past few weeks. He comes to us Amen. from the Roast Mortem cast. He's Tom. Tom, what's going on, man? Hey, fellas. Thanks for having me tonight. Uh, Everything's going on. Thank you for on. having us on your show for <laughs> last week and as of this recording, the next two weeks. Eventually, it's going to just be one big show. And um, in the future, we'll take over. It'll be the only thing worth listening to. <laughs> I uh, Yeah, so how, how long? What did you think? Four hours total, maybe? Between the uh, two episodes? Yeah. I would say we hung out on record for at least four hours yeah on right that's right yeah and we we uh we talked about good old willie penn i know we we discussed this a little bit i can't wait to hear the full edited video put together learned a lot about that guy how much of a just boring motherfucker he was i'll say yeah. that i i feel like oftentimes we're hesitant to have guests because the subjects are just it depends you know, Travis is doing all this great research. He's so good at what he does for the show. He's the driving force. And Connor's great, too. And I'm just there. I'm, I've given up on giving a shit. And um, sometimes, all that hard work that Travis does, it's like, oh, I just spent hours researching nobody. A human oatmeal. <laughs> so, Tom, uh, I know we've had Travis on before, but... Uh, First, before we go any further, let the folks know, where can they find you? Where can they find Roast Mortem? And just plug away, buddy. Uh, Roast Mortem Cast. That's the uh, the best history podcast out there. Thanks to Travis Connor. I'm also there. <laughs> and um, let's see. Yeah, that's just search it. Roast Mortem Cast. It's easy. Uh, we have a website. No one goes there. Probably negative views on that. Uh, you could also find Listen to Heavy Whole Podcast if you're interested in death metal, grindcore, heavy metal, crust punk things of that nature that's a show i produce with my dude big will um big passion project very very serious compared to the uh banter that goes on uh diving into the underground world of death metal Ooh. check out heavy hole so that's like actually i was gonna ask you about that because when i was in high school like i was friends with like all the metalhead crew and shit like that but i like completely fell off with like basically all of it since then so, like, what's, like, what would you say is, like, the good, like, metal, death metal band to get into now if you've been, like, out of the game forever? Oh, uh, that, that's a, uh... <laughs> I know it's loaded. All right. That's a that's loaded a... ass question. <laughs> yeah, it's rough, because it's one of those things, like, it's so hard to recommend someone. My analogy for metal and your average listener is that it's, like, whiskey and someone who doesn't drink. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you already like it, the notes and all the subtleties just don't matter. Um, so if you liked, if you told me a band that you used to listen to, I could tell you a band. I mean, if it was, like I was like a shredded new metal kid back when they were big, shit like that. New metal. Um, so if you like new metal, you would probably like this. Like, I mean, have you ever heard of Meshuggah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So like that whole world is big. Uh, there's a band. Okay, here's a band no one knows about that I think new metal fans should listen to they're called damaged they're from australia they put out a album i think in 1996 called token token remedies research um that's some hard australian grindcore that has like dipping its toes into new metal groove interesting album 
we we're so like on the show we kind of explore the little corners of it we're not like always interviewing like the hottest band around we're interviewing like the band that someone kind of missed and that's the idea so um yeah will is just uh, he's a plethora of information i've kind of like kind of just like taken that where it's like you're not always looking for the what's new and gonna pop off because you never really know and it also none of this makes money so it's not like you get invested like that like if you're into a sound finding a whole of uh, bands that existed in the 90s or early 2000s you never heard of before that's rewarding so that's where we're oh at. dude there are so many bowling alleys like in our area that i think we just <laughs> kept alive by like metal shows playing there because that's the only time anyone ever showed up to them and when they stopped doing shows they all closed down like two weeks later not good <laughs> not good you got to keep the shows coming keep the hardcore kids keep the tight pants <laughs> I like I like how you said it's a, it's a lot more serious. So when you say it's a lot more serious, is it uh you know, I found music and beer and video games, everyone has their niche, everyone has I'll call them their snobs, their gatekeepers, your whatever you want to call it. It's like if you don't sure. like IPAs, you're not a real beer drinker according to some folks. If you, if you don't play this type of game, you're not real. Like yada yada yada. Right. Being, you know, what you guys do, is that true, you think, with death metal and metal in general? I mean, is that something where it's like, if you say you like this band, it's like, oh, you're not really a metalhead if you don't Yeah, like totally. Um, that's That happens all the time in the, the death metal world. But it's so little. It's so, like, minute. Like, you guys talk about gaming. That's a, this is an actual industry behind it. Like, this is, um, like, death metal and all those subgenres are they're like blue collar genres because everyone has to have a, a job like there is no one making a career on it um i have one friend who does make a career on it because he plays in four different bands and they're all very successful but he's touring year round and he's like it's not a comfortable lifestyle he's paying his bills and he's on the road all the time yeah so wait so i love that that you have this passion project but I don't think I know or remember, like, how did you and Trav meet and Connor and first even come together for Roast Mortem? <laughs> All right. So Travis and I have known each other since high school. Um, no, since before high school. Junior high. Uh, yeah, I just always <laughs> gravitated towards him because he's like, he's always been just like a funny, uh, he just never took anything seriously at all. Um, <laughs> and it is, it, it is interesting People are surprised who listen to the show to find out that he's like the his history guy. And that's what he did in his private time. Like when he wasn't hanging out and playing video games and, um, you know, skating and getting drunk with us, he just like, I don't know, research and read history. So me and Travis, like, we've gotten drunk together a million times. Um, it only made sense to do something that I thought, I thought it would make more sense to do a history show because of his passion for it. My passion doesn't match his, it doesn't need to. Um, I think you just need one person to drive it. And then I'm basically a producer who opens his mouth too much. You're the color commentator. Kind of. Well, uh, you, maybe, <laughs> maybe I see too much. I, I, what I like is I think you pull in the same way. I mean, Jim and I being there too, neither of us are by any stretch of imagination, what we would call smart or no shit about history, but no, it's retarded. like, you know, it, it is fun when you, someone who I think what reads is you guys have been friends and you can ask them kind of the everyman question, which someone who's not a real history nerd wouldn't know. And it's like that opens him up better too. So that's what I really enjoy about it. It's, it's a nice dynamic that you guys got going on. So it, you know. it, it's great. And um, 
it's it's been improved. You know, we had another guy on the show. He's not on the show anymore. And in his place, we have my brother-in-law, Connor. Um, so he's married to my sister. And that dude's just cool as hell. Like, he's my, yeah. my go-to at every family event. And we just hang out, also get drunk, talk shit. Um, he's a funny dude. But he, this, this guy <laughs> is an actual librarian in his head, not just as a profession. Like, he's at the library every day, yes. But he's also the kind of guy who explained that people can read in paragraphs to me. And he goes, that's what I'm mm-hmm. trying to do. Um, and he memorizes every, like, he knows everything about like the bits that Travis doesn't know, Connor just fills it all in, and he has such a good understanding of history, um, a broad knowledge in, ve- in in general. So he's like a perfect add to the show. Oh yeah, when we oh, were even yeah. recording, like Travis would be, you know, giving a little backstory about whatever was going on in England or Ireland at the time, and Connor would just like like nothing, just be like, no, 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 that was Louis the Sixteenth after King Henry this guy with over here is like, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing what the guy can just pull out of nowhere. He's, he remembers everything he's read. It's a, it's just a talent. Like it's an unbelievable talent, and it makes the show. Honestly, it gives the show a little more credibility. Because <laughs> Travis is always talking about his pecker, and I just say bad shit that has to get edited out sometimes. <laughs> don't, don't we all? Don't we all? Now, what? I guess We're one all. of the common what? themes, and obviously us coming on. Uh, you know, we, we obviously enjoy drinking and I do appreciate you coming on with us tonight. So what are, what are you drinking with us tonight? All right. Um, I remember you said it was no IPA May. Yes, sir. So I walked into the, the old beer distributor and I left with El Segundo's Steve Austin's Broken Skull American Lager. Nice. Yep. I was about to say, as soon as you said El Segundo. Yep. Yeah. I got to rep something hard, you know? I so like it. I like Stone it. Stone Cold Steve Austin, American hero with an American lager. Of course, mm-hmm. I'm going to give them money. <laughs> Is and this first time trying it? or uh... No, I had had it once before, but truthfully, I have to get up kind of early in the morning, so I wanted something on the low ABV, and this was just perfect. I think very, it's only four, yeah, four and a half-ish, 4.8. Perfect. Nah, that's a perfect, yeah. Especially knowing the fact we do these on Monday nights. Jim and I, many Tuesday mornings. Are like, why'd we go a it's little heavier every on Tuesday beer? morning? <laughs> like, fuck. Yeah, I get all hopped up on the beer. Like, I, I'm the type of guy who, like, I have three beers. My body's like, oh, okay, we're getting ready to party. So then I don't fall asleep for five hours because Jimmy's just a <laughs> yep. bit of a binger. I'm either I don't drink or I drink all the beer. So, yeah, me too. That's why this was nice that it's a four pack. So it'll cut me off. Mm-hmm. So actually, uh, speaking of Steve Austin real quick, not to cut you off, but you used to work for WWE. Did you ever get to meet him while you were there? No. Ah. No, I never met Steve Austin. I don't think he was around when I was there at all. Um, also, that would be an honor for the record. Shall we? Yeah, right. Um, I met Ric Flair. Ooh. He was a real gentleman. And Mark Henry was the man. That dude was the only guy backstage who would actually talk to us for more than 30 seconds. He hung, he was hanging, That's making awesome. jokes. Uh, yeah, it was all nervy and shit. I written, <laughs> so I wrote like a bunch of themes for wrestlers. And like some of them, I was like, hey, uh, I, we never met, but I wrote your theme. And it was like, oh, that's great. Like Kevin Owens, I did his theme. He was really nice, gracious. He had a plate of hot dogs. <laughs> no, no buns. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, he was kind of on his way. I stopped him. He talked for a few seconds. He was like, well, I'm going to go eat these hot dogs. I was like, hell yeah. And then I met Seth Rollins, whose theme I did, and he couldn't give a shit uh, at all. He was very standoffish. Ah, that sucks. Mm. 
Yeah, but I mean, I didn't, it's not like the guy. He doesn't radiate coolness. Yeah, no, so I, I imagine I his personality being something to that effect. Yeah, that's my one. You know, I, I don't have much else to say. He's probably all right. Uh, I also met him at a show, so who knows the chemistry that goes on back there? Oh, yeah. One person I did see from a distance was um, we we're walking through the hallway at Barclay Center, uh, walking back to our seats. Me, my buddy John, and Mike, they both got me the gig. And uh, we're walking back to our seats after talking to the wrestlers, and all of a sudden, we start getting manhandled by a bunch of security who, like, forces us out of the way. And out of the corner of my eye, I see this guy shuffling in a plaid jacket, and I'm like, oh, it's fucking Vince. And sure enough, it's Vince surrounded by, like, eight or nine giant black dudes who are just, like, just just throwing muscle. Like, Mm -hmm. that's a cool gig. If you can just go out there and be like, move, my boss is coming. That is, that's a pretty, pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> don't blame him. So I don't know. No more wrestling stories though. Cause they just will result in tangents. <laughs> but one last question. Are you sad you missed out on the mustache hour of Vince McMahon? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. Cause honestly, I don't even like wrestling that much. You're just like, um, yeah, it's a gig. It'll pay. It, it was cool. I mean, um, one of my best friends in the world is like his he's one tenth wrestling like it's it's just his shit and um we were so close growing up me and my buddy justin people thought i was into it like people weren't at all so so like people would find out what i did that i went to high school with or something and i'd be at a bar and they'd be like oh my god like is this like your dream job and i'm like it's a good job (laughs) he just left it at that yeah well dude as soon as you started saying all this as you said, going off on a tangent, my first thought was like, oh, shit. So you must have been a wrestling fan. And then I was going to ask you, like, did you have a favorite theme growing up? But if you didn't like it, then I guess you didn't care that much about it. I I did watch a little bit when I was younger, and Stone Cold was the man. So oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not kidding around when I say I know an American hero when I see one. Um, but outside of that, it's like... I, I, I'm just there. Just there. I mean, you're doing a job. Exactly. It was a cool job. It was a very cool job. And it only fell through because of the publisher between me and WWE. And uh, that sucks when other people are fucking your money up. So wait. So let me ask you this, though. Last part of this question is when you developed those themes for them, were you like collaborating with them or did you just come to them with like a few finished products and say, here you go? So what happened was is that we would get emails from producers. Now, there was so many producers at WWE, and usually Vince would walk in when he cared about a wrestler and like kind of erase everyone's ideas and kind of give his. But Sounds right. Overall, I worked on all of the NXT stuff. So when NXT okay. was like coming up and gaining popularity, I was doing a lot of those wrestlers. Um, usually, pardon me, usually... It was a pretty guided process. They had an idea in their head. They didn't know how to express it. They don't know how to articulate music. So it was like a bunch of references and, you know, put, put explosions, put, put magical sounds, things like that. <laughs> and you work with it and you give them like a version one. And then they would kind of like have a, a, a back and forth for a couple days. And eventually you just come up with the song. Um, it wasn't that bad. There was one time I collaborated. And um, it was Enzo Amore's theme. Oh, wow. Yeah. The, the notes they sent me were nothing like 
the theme, what they wanted at all. They wanted a CNC Music Factory style theme, and I just, I was there long enough where I was like, let me see if I could just do something totally different. And um, I gave him this like trap song. I mean, it's the one on on YouTube and all that shit. If you listen to that, we collaborated with him rapping. He really wanted to rap his own theme. He wasn't a good rapper. He doesn't understand like triplets. The whole thing was a trap song, so it's all triplets, you know, ba 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 ba. Like just shit that was catchy for the year 2013, whenever I did it. Um, he couldn't wrap his head around that. So I we ended up like shifting his voice around a lot to make it work. Uh, he was really pissed cuz I wrote the lyrics. And uh, there was one line that he refused to say, which was um, his his whole thing was calling people soft. I don't know if you guys re- yep. remember him. Yeah, he just loved calling people soft. So the whole theme song was based on that. And um, the line was, I'm hot like salsa, you're soft like balsa. He comes back like, what is balsa? I'm like, it's a wood. You know, it's like the softest wood. You can. And he just didn't. He was like, Enzo would never say that. That's not what, that's not a line Enzo would say. And he got real heated. And um, in the, in the song, it's not him doing it. It's my buddy, John, just on that line. Uh, Cause WWE loved it and he hated it. And he divvied out, mm. but he was a cool dude overall. Like we hung out with him after that and we got drunk and had a great time. He was cool. Nice. God damn. That's fascinating. All right. So, if if you got the opportunity, do you think you'd go back and do it again? Oh yeah, definitely. But I I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I would like to eventually reach out to AEW. Yeah, because I know they have a lot of talent right now. Uh, like I have a lot of respect for wrestling. Like I know how hard it is. I'm just not a fan. But I'm a fan of music and doing like creating a theatric. Uh, whether it's just like a simple guitar riff or going all out like I did the Finn Balor theme and that was really really fun to do giant orchestral parts and yeah. choruses and it was cool that's awesome as shit so yeah I would definitely do it again but dude, I don't I'm not really counting dude that. AEW would need someone like you too cause like I, I think none of their entrance music like none of it catches on for me I only I don't tune in yeah. enough maybe anymore to, to give it a shot but like anytime I listen I'm just like alright I forget it already alright I forget it they license a lot of uh, songs my buddy Justin was just telling me the other day it's like mostly licensed deals for the most part um, yeah. which and I don't think um, I think that works with some tracks, but it's like usually they're just picking a song they like, and there is like that element of um, you want to create the dynamics. It's really simple dynamics, but it's like just go in intro bang, and then like an A part. And we would have loved to uh, do more with WWE stuff, but it just didn't happen. They had a pretty strict formula that we stuck to, and people hated it. There was so many people who complained online. Why don't they write full songs? It's like, well, we're not really allowed to. So yeah, <laughs> damn, but. that's freaking awesome. Yeah, just so you know, be aware. We are going to come back to that tangent a little bit later. Dude, I'll, I will <laughs> give me another beer. Stone Cold. But ja- Chambers, what are, what are you drinking tonight that you're going to regret for tomorrow? Well, actually, what do you call it? So, as we mentioned last week, I'm going through the living nightmare of buying and selling a home. So I'm going with my old reliable right now. Good. Um, last week I was doing stouts. This week I'm doing uh, sours. My old faithful. So coming to us from the Town Brewing Company out of North uh, CLT, North Carolina. Clit, North Carolina. I'll just go with that. The Broken Tarted Session Sour Ale with Raspberry and Hibiscus. 
Comes in at 4.7% alcohol, and yeah, I've been tearing through this boy already. It was nice, bright, and red like a lot of sours are, but it was tasty. Hmm. I'm nice. a sucker for sours myself, man. I love them. Like, That's what do you call it? Like, that was like the first time, like, getting into the craft beer game when I had, like, uh, Duchette's Dissident beer. I was like, what? What is this? I, I tasted cherries and the tart, and what, I need more. That was like the gateway drug. And now I can never find it because they're out of Seattle and they don't ship over here anymore. That's boss. If you ever find so, uh, it, get yourself some of that. You'll love it. I'm going oh, yeah. with the Neshamne Creek Pushing Daisies. I got a six-pack of this. I tried it for over the weekend. And just like you, Tom, 4.9%. It's their Kolsch-style ale. So it's like Kolsch is basically a – I call it a wheat sour. So it's a German-style Great for springtime and summer. Uh, it surprisingly has a lot of flavor. Um, it's fairly clear, just the tiniest bit murky. But man, oh man, when I was mowing my lawn for like the three hours, I just, that was like, I would take every hour, I just stopped, had another one. And they went down so goddamn smooth. So yeah, this is a, this is a damn good one. And because I had three left, I was like, all right, that'll be perfect for tonight. I know this isn't going to leave me too hungover, so highly, highly recommend it. The Chamonix Creek doesn't fuck around. They always make good beer, and they're ones that, as you can see, they put effort into their goddamn labels. Cause the, the label's more, beautiful. Yeah. The more and more of these companies that just want to be clever by writing just beer or da-da-da-da-da, it's like, fucking at least do a unique font. Don't get the shit you can get off Google. Yeah. You know, I, I gotta ask you. You mentioned that was like a uh, what was it like a wheat pilsner or something, a wheat lager. So yeah, Kolsch. it's it's a Kolsch style ale, and that's I translate it to like a wheat style with a little bit of a sour twist to it. Okay, because I typically don't like wheat beers, but every time I get a Kolsch, it's like perfectly refreshing. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not traditionally considered a wheat, even though it is made with wheat. Like it's it's a lower percentage of wheat in it. So when you try to categorize that style of beer, it's like one of those ones that kind of mixes the lines on a few pieces. Like some people want to call them sour sessions, wheat. It, it's all over the place. But the, but Kolsch's in general, yeah, they go down so damn smooth. I love them. Yeah, solid beers. Yeah. And, and, like, not everyone tries to make one either, but, like, the ones that actually mm. do, like, it seems like they really do try to nail it because I've never had a bad one. No. Yeah, it can't be that hard because every time I go to a brewery, if they have one, I try it, and it's fine. You know what it so. is? I think it's that that very, unfortunately, we're in the market now, hence why we do no IPA May, and let me give a quick shout-out. Thank you to everyone who's already submitted. I'm behind on about three or four because I got – a bunch in on Instagram today. So I'm posting them as I get them, but thank you guys for submitting. Um, but now it's like, that's a style that a lot of people who don't know much about beer, you know, IPAs, you've heard of stouts, you've heard of porters. Kolsch is one where it's like, well, what is it? And it's like, I guess breweries aren't willing to take a risk on a beer that might lose them money. So they play the safe game and it sucks because like we're saying, it's a damn good style. It's a perfect session, summer, springtime beer. And if more people tried it, more people would appreciate it. Grow up, people. Mm -hmm. Try the Kolsch. That's right. <laughs> but, Tom, uh, you know, obviously we, we talked a little bit on your show about some games we were playing. But what have you been up to this past uh, week since we've last talked to you? <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I did want to squeeze in a game 
um, just get some game time in. Um, okay. So I PlayStation Network free game Sackboy. Um, the new I, one? I didn't. What's what? The new one? Yeah, the new one. Oh, cool. I guess so. It's like a, it's launched on PS5, but I don't. I don't have a PS5. I just have the PS4. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm not expecting much out of the game. It's like a basically a child's platformer. But uh, I, um, it's one of those games where I like the maximalist aesthetic of it. It handles well. It's fun. I was playing it with my wife. We played for about five hours yesterday. We had a great time. Fucking stories, man. What's the point? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. There's such a waste of time. Why, why does Sackboy need a story in his game? Here, here's the thing. Like, I am, I'm playing this game, and it's like, there's someone telling me about how I need to save the universe. It's like, I don't give a shit. Like, I live in a world, what is it, Sack World or Craft World, where <laughs> it's everyone's imaginations, just, oh, it's all putting together, even your imagination, everything you've ever thought of. It's just like, I, that doesn't matter. It never has mattered. And I think a big problem with that is like, you know how people have a problem with spoilers? Like, that's a big thing. Yeah. We'll that's a spoiler. That later. <laughs> that, yeah, it's like, that is a spoiler to me. When you hire a writing staff to make a really flat story for a thing that doesn't need one, because it's like the unseen tension that's built in horror. It's when you don't see the monster. It's all that shit. That applies to pleasant things, too. You don't need to explain everyone's backstory. You don't, like it's a, it's a sack guy, and he's running around a beautiful little place that looks awesome. That's all it needs. The story just <laughs> makes me wait and hate it. Like I remember the first little big planet, and like that was a monster hit. And yeah, I don't remember any story outside of like three lines of it. Maybe it was just like, hey, here's a very stylized world that you will enjoy platforming in. Go nuts. That's all it was. That's all it needed to be. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it. Um, the story stuff is is um, my god, it's a waste of space. I was thinking of this like I had a childhood memory that had popped up while I'm playing this game. There was um. It was a child children's book. It was called, I think it was called Looking for Atlantis. And it was a story about it, like a young boy. I forget what happens to him. I think his grandpa dies in it, but it's a picture book. And the illustrator went fucking ham. So there's all these little stories happening around it. Like it's not just the room. It's like um, there's something under the bed. There's like a little village under the bed. And like you can see in the rafters and the, and the, and the space and the floor joists and stuff. And there's like little things happening in there. And it's like, that's amazing because none of it needs a story, but it, it it creates like a depth that you're, to bring back to Sackboy, you're robbing that depth of imagination when you try to explain what to imagine. It's awful. Yeah, sometimes so, it can be too much. Like even with something that's meant, that's like story driven, like a comic book. Like have either of you ever actually like read Watchmen? I just saw the movie. It was pretty good. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. But. All right. So with the like actual comic itself, like between the chapters, they have like this weird side story that goes on. Like it's like the, telling like this guy he's like a pirate, he gets marooned, and like it's just walls of text, and it's supposed to be like an allegory for like what you're about to read. But eventually, I just started skipping it because I was like, I just spent like four hours on this to get like one sense of like, oh, here's what to expect or here's what the story is. So you and yeah. I skipped them after a while, and it made no difference. It's like sometimes the author's just got to stop drugging himself off a little bit too much. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I don't know. Writers are very bad now. The um, <laughs> they, they just are across the board. The, the standards are so low in writing and in art in general. It's like, 
I, I can't honestly give a shit about it. Like, it's just an added layer of, like, where you could have used this money to do something else in the game. Yeah. Now, I, well, it's funny because I bust Jim's balls, but Jim would be the type, like, in a game that has a legit good story, he would still skip every cutscene. Like, if he sure. played the new God of War, he would not listen to one thing that's going on in that because he's like, I don't want to hear anyone talk. You know, like, I Boring. that. That I, but Jim, but Jim is also, he wouldn't be the type to appreciate a good movie. He'd be like, ah, there's too much dialogue. Eh, this is boring. Like, I just want to see some dildos. Like, you know, he he knows what he likes, which is fine. But, I like both. <laughs> no, but there, there's a time and place, you know. Like, yeah, I played Last of Us. Story yeah. was legit. It was that, cool. It made that, sense. But that was a it. game. Yeah, where like the story is what made it what it was. Like if, cause it, had it not had a good story, that gameplay probably wouldn't have been enough to just hold it up. You know, that sure. story definitely. Yeah. It, it's what sold me on it too. And I just played it this year, like for the first time. Cause I watched a show. I went back, played the game. It made me pissed off at the show a little more. Cause I was like, they had a perfectly fine story. There's a lot of things you didn't have to fuck with and you fucked with them. Yeah, I mean, they're trying to get a wider audience. I mean, my dad loved it. He's never played a game in his life. Um, he's the kind of guy who picks up a controller and gets, like, nervous and sweaty. He's like, <laughs> maybe I'll pick it up another time. Who knows home? Mm-hmm. And, but he loved it, so it's like he's the demographic, not us. And I'm yeah. not, like, I, I don't know. I don't game like you guys do, but I think we can at least see the value in the story when it's needed. Oh, yeah. I mean... There, there is something to be said, like you're saying, the simplicity and the, the letting people's imagination tell it for you. I mean, shit, original Double Dragon. What's the story? A dude goes up, hits a girl, takes her. Now you need to go find her. That Amazing. was it. There wasn't a big dialogue text of all the shit. It's like, oh, okay, you just go do this. And your mind, you know, would look at the manual and see a little bit of the backstory and who were these characters, and then you'd fill in the rest. But nowadays, yeah, they have to spoon feed you every piece of here's what's going on in this world. And like you're saying, especially for Little Big Planet. Yeah. That's know. probably not a game that needs it. You know, other games I think definitely do need it. That's not one where I would say it's a platformer. You, it's, you don't, you know. It, it's a negative on a game like that. It's yeah. an absolute negative. Um, I, we can debate other games, but for that one, goddamn, I was pissed off. It's It was fun as hell, too. I'll be honest. Like, the platforming was great. It was just like hitting these fucking, I don't care, Scarlet. I don't give a shit. I don't care about <laughs> you. Um, exactly. <laughs> but at least they give you the option to, like, smack the people. You know, yeah. talking to him. That's good at least. Gotta do. Yeah. <laughs> Vent a little bit of that frustration. Jim, now speaking of frustration. <laughs> how's uh I don't want to your... talk about it. Jim. I don't want to talk about it. Oh, Tetris? <laughs> yep. Oh. Still going, still failing. Was failing more this week than I was last week. <laughs> Only a couple What's the highest you got? In like the mid teens. I'm I'm dropping That's off it? hard. Yeah. Oh wow. I'm, I'm, you were I'm, consistently in the tens. Yeah, I'm regressing. How long is the uh, gameplay typically? Uh, I mean, well, I wouldn't know how long it takes to win a round, but Brian can fill you in on that, prick. But uh, <laughs> at least if you're getting pretty far in it, I don't know, like what, ten minutes tops? Yeah, ten ten is really tops. So actually, before we start it, uh, as I, I swear to fucking shit, god, if you want a goddamn no, game. I was I got the second. 
And another one. It was just a back and forth for me and this dude. Like, I that took as long as it took for me to get up to number two. It and then I made one error with a fucking Z piece. It went. It angled the wrong way. I didn't select it, and then it was just flooded. So that one took a little longer. But yeah, usually that's why I joke with Jim. I said that literally is like instead of reading something or scrolling, I, I get one or two games out when it's time to poop. And you know what? That's where I get my wins. So I was I was hoping to co- come with good news, Jim. But see, even I lost. So I'm right there with you. <laughs> oh, poor baby. But yes, even even besides that, uh, actually a game that Tom turned me on to. Uh, my new like real phone game to go to if I have poop time is uh, Ride the Sun. And this game is fucking addicting. Race it's the Sun. A- Race the Sun. Ra- Shit. Sorry, Race I the didn't... Sun. My bad. No, you're right. Always correct me. I will fuck up a lot. I... But. I say yeah, it to myself. This this is a game that, like, what do you call it? I remember playing the first time, like, six, seven years ago at a GameStop kiosk, and I was like, oh, this is a pretty cool game. Nice, simple control, runs smooth, beautiful concept, and I didn't realize how fucking addicting it would be until I was like, oh, I'll play a little Race of Sun for Tom whenever we talk to him on the show. And now, like, I'm just like, oh, fuck. Oh, it's like right before a goddamn uh, warp, and I, like, crashed myself. God damn it. All right, go again. Do again. I can do better this time. Oh, yeah, <laughs> dude. That game. I've That'll be one I have to try. <laughs> the iPhone version actually runs really well, and it's only like five bucks. I played mm. it on my buddy's iPad, um, but I played it on PlayStation, and I am, I'm somewhere. I I'm pre-freak. I uh, I'm trying to become the freak, but also I I don't do it that much. But there was a there was a point in my life where I would play that game every day for like half hour, 45 minutes, and then it turned into like two hours because my runs were looking at like half hour runs, 45 mm-hmm. minute runs. Um, God damn. Yeah. High score is somewhere, is, I think it's like 18 million right now, <laughs> which is a lot. And um, I'm yeah. definitely going to try this game. I'm, for I'm sure. thinking about it. I, It's one of those things where it's a game where if you played enough, and you move less. Mm-hmm. Like, you're always going to be, like, kind of tempted to move a lot. But if you move less and you start seeing, like, the patterns, they'll just click. And all of a sudden, you'll see the pattern from, like, far away. And you'll just know exactly where you need to be. Also, like, y- you train your brain to, like, stay in the sun. Like, always just stay out of the shadow. Because the only way you can crash is if you're in a shadow. Yeah, Bry. So, basically, like... That's why it's called Race of Sun, because the sun's going down as you keep going. So you have to make sure that like you stay in the sun to keep going, or you hit these boosts to keep speeding up so the sun goes back up a little bit. Mm. Or if you hit a warp, then it'll reset and shit, all that kind of crap. Right. Sorry, we should explain that. No, but, um, I'm definitely... I When I heard you talk about it, it's funny, I did think, like, yeah, that, that might be... I need to put down. I already got over ten wins now. I'm at eleven or twelve with Tetris ninety nine. So, <laughs> I, I I I might need to. I mean, Twist might need to tr- <laughs> try this one, <laughs> Jim. But is this gonna be a situation? You're telling me about this game now, and I'm gonna do better than you. Oh, I know you'll do better than me, but <laughs> it's fine because I'm not pretending that I'm good at this one first. So it's fine. <laughs> like you did with Tetris ninety nine when you talk yeah. so much shit on Twitter. That's the only reason I got into it. Is because you were talking mad shit about how good you were at that game, and that's what got me. I was like, "Oh, any day now," because I fucking came out of the gate hot. I was always in the tens and like getting a bunch of twos here and there, and then fucking <laughs> life just you know just knocked me down. Yeah, sometimes like um, because I'm not a frequent gamer, 
when I found myself playing that game a lot, my friends introduced me to that game. Uh, not Travis, but our, our buddy Taylor and a few other people. Like, And that was a game that was just on rotation. Like, we'd be at someone's house drinking, and it's a perfect uh, controller passing game. Like, I just did a run. Who's up next? Um, and it just turned into, like, this joke almost because I got really good at it, and everyone's trying to break a million. And I'm sitting there like, you're all fucking pussies. You don't even know what the sun is. How could you race it? You know, just like... Like just blowing people out of the fucking water and just be, and realizing that like this is probably because I'm dyslexic. That's why I can do this game. So yeah, uh, well, something like that. I don't the know. way it's, you've described it and Jim described it, it's a perfect. Honestly, I said certain games you can get better when you're a little drunk. I'm sure same if you get a little high, but like you get into a flow state where you're you kind of turn off your overly analytical mind and you're just kind of going with it. So I, I feel like this sounds like a game that you could do that to. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Um, some people hate it. Some people love it and really suck at it. I'm at the point where I, I don't really have much of an opinion on it anymore because I kind of burnt myself out. <laughs> well, I just downloaded it as we spoke, so Hell that'll yeah. definitely be mine. <laughs> yeah. But, Chambers, has that been the two you've played the most? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I've... Dude, uh, Jim and I finally we had to troubleshoot for a million times figuring out why his goddamn fucking retro Elgato. Tank. God yeah. fucking damn it! So we've been working. Brian's been like was pulling his hair out for a fucking week because I gave him my retro tank to get the best video we can from this N sixty four for Body Harvest for the review, and like for, he's doing everything trying to get it to fucking work. No sound is coming through. So I'm like, all right, let me bring mine. I have the exact same model. Plug mine in. Work perfectly fine. Yeah. And every single other system I have, even retro systems on other adapters, worked fine with the sound. For some reason, just this one goddamn thing through the retro tank, it didn't work. And I troubleshoot it like every aspect. I looked up forums, I uh, checked different cables, everything. And like Jim said, it's not it's it's a it must be a hardware thing, but we both got it roughly the same time, the Elgados, and right. it's not like you can change the hardware, so it wasn't something like his is altered. Yeah, you're not flashing the firmware or anything, like it's literally the exact same goddamn thing off the shelf. Right. And, and for some and, reason mine worked. And y- y- it's coming off a of sixty four. So it's sixty four going into the retro tank uh, X five or five X five X. It's a it's a it's a high end upscaler for old. Oh, an upscaler. Okay, yeah. so yeah, so hmm. it just whatever. So I finally got that. Uh, I've I've been playing that for a little bit. Um, so needless to say, that's taken a little while. But as I was alluding to to Jim and Tom before we started. It's been a busy ass week. Um, I actually started dipping my toe into Metro twenty thirty three the redo they made the hd which is a game like it's always i've had it for so long and it's eluded me i'm like okay it's a shooter based on this book a horror game of course is going to be up my alley so there's something about those 2010 shooters that age so well and they and especially this one who has like a, a lot of nice lore behind it so far, I've only played like two or three levels, but it's really fun, and it had like a lot of unique twists to it. So yeah, I'm, I'm digging it. That'll be my like kind of side game as I blast through Body Harvest. So yeah, that's my go-to right now. What was it called? Metro 2030. 2033. 2033. 
Yeah, it's like basically it's based in Moscow and there was nuclear war. Think Fallout, but now you're in Moscow and most of the world is turned to mutants and other type of creatures. And all your weapons are these like weird amalgamations of actual weapons, but other things. So it's very, you know, doom and gloom. But it's done really well. That's the one where, like, if you go to, like, the surface of the world, like, you, if you don't have the right equipment, you, like, die super fast, right? Yeah, so you gotta, yeah, you gotta have a mask that has enough filters to get rid of the radiation. So, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's a legit survival horror FPS. Yeah, it looks pretty gritty, man. Yeah, it definitely is. So, it's one I, you know, from the little bit I played, there's a reason it's probably so highly rated. I would I would recommend it if you yeah. if that's it's been ported to like everything too. So, so if you have yeah. any interest, you can find it really. No, I I have kind of avoided first person shooters. I never feel comfortable playing first person shooters. I don't know why. Hmm. Um, I think I just played too much Tony Hawk, and I need <laughs> that like peripheral third person. Need to see kind of, everything. Yeah, yep. I'm just like that's how my brain focuses in on like third person all the way i just can't do first person i don't know why i feel like i've missed out on a lot of opportunities um <laughs> to have fun and to get drunk with my friends because that's what they would be doing they'd be playing online you know call of duty shit like that and i'm racing the sun getting drunk <laughs> by myself it's all right man hey man like like i said and then the, the other game is very opposite it's more up your alley with what we're doing uh it was actually a patreon request um Body Harvest is kind of like a precursor to the style of GTA games where you're on a ship going around Earth at various times fighting aliens. But it's like open world, kind of very, not kind of, it's very goofy. Um, but I'm only in the first level, so I'll see where it goes. But yeah, that that was a uh, good old Patreon request, which we are getting to it. Don't worry. But Jambers, what questions we got this week from our awesome Patreon? Patreon.com slash drink a beer and play a game where for as little as $2 a month, you can ask questions. We will answer on each and every single one of these power hour podcasts. First up from burn retinas. What is the earliest viral internet video you ever remember seeing? Huh? I don't, I mean, we're all older gents going to be going back here. Well, it's funny. Like honestly sharing videos with, guys was really in college when we would watch e-bombs and like mm. it was like i mean between the aisha video that was also during chocolate rain and all that shit like the fat dude doing the the lightsaber Newman, shit Newman. oh star wars kid yeah yeah so it's like those are probably my earliest memories of viral videos beyond that it was the closest thing to a viral videos whatever was on america's funniest home videos as a kid you know Hmm. About you, Tom. Uh, my memory is pretty bad, so <laughs> I. Uh, the thing that's the most dated in my mind, it might not have been the first thing, but was definitely pterodactyl porn. You ever see that? No, but now oh, I'm very think, interested. Well, it's a, I, I don't know. It's like a clip from sometime during the '80s, early '90s, of some girl getting railed out with two guys with like pterodactyl. Uh, yeah, they, they have I've seen that. On. I have seen yeah. that. Yeah. And they're flapping their wings and they're fucking spit roasting <laughs> this chick. And it's like, oh, no shit. It's super funny. Yo, play it uh, again. 
Yeah, but uh, a more uh, <laughs> a more friendly to the uh, PG audience would be the yeah boy. We, we don't have that. So oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm not sure. You know, I'll give them both. Yeah, the longest <laughs> yeah boy is probably my favorite viral video from. That's that might be like fifteen years old now, yeah. maybe not even. But you know the you know, uh, the longest yeah boy. No, Mm-mm. I missed that one. It's just some kid like saying, "I'm going for a world record. It's going to be the longest yeah boy." And he winds up and he goes, "Yeah boy, it's <laughs> great." I gotta look that, that up. Is, yeah. And he's like crying a little bit after. He's like, <sighs> but but that's what's funny. You look you back set a at goal, that, you make it, and the shit that made that were was viral videos back then. You're like, that's it, that's what did it, because you know none of us knew. You, you know, we just saw stupid videos that you'd laugh about. So I grew up watching a lot of CKY shit. Um, mm-hmm. I was so into the CKY shit that I hated Jackass. Because I saw it as like... Um, Pussy CKY? Yeah, basically. I mean, it was just Jeff Tremaine being like, Big Brother's fucking stupid and retarded. Uh, let's <laughs> go get the East Coast dudes to make it funny. And then they, like, I don't know, it just felt so stupid. Because like, CKY was awesome because of, you know, the whole thing was great. But then it was like the comedy bits that they would do in between. That were awful. But like, Brandon Camillo just being him was like such a highlight like to me if it didn't have brandy camillo then it wasn't like it, it just didn't, didn't have work. any value yeah but, I don't know. yeah i remember like freshman year like everyone talking about like cky videos and i was like what's that and then like eventually like jackass came around i was like oh guys i get cky they're like shut up pussy and they just like moved on <laughs> yeah I, I don't know what it was like I, I know jackass is funny i've seen the movies and all that shit uh, I won't see the the new one because I just like Bam Margera so much. I like that he's threatening to kill his brother and everything. Hilarious. <laughs> the little chase that just ended last oh. week or the week before. Yeah, that's yeah, uh, <laughs> good times he's having. He's he's on a he's on a fun little spiral. Does he have other it. brothers or is he trying to kill the CKY uh, uh. drummer? Oh no, it's it's just him. It's just Jess. Oh, uh, CKY yeah. drummer. Yeah, and also I got a huge kick of that band. Uh, when I was into that. And then like recently last year I was listening to, uh, the CKY albums, like the, the original with the guy shooting himself on the front and then infiltrate, destroy and all that shit. And then like going into the stuff that I totally ignored. Cause I was getting to heavier shit like Carver city. It's a good fucking band, dude. Yeah. They were always solid. Yeah. seems like no one ever gave them like a real chance. They're like, oh, okay. The, the jackass band. It's like, no, they're actually good. Yeah. They absolutely killed it, man. And, um, yeah, the guy who is the lead in that, uh, Daron Miller, he seems like a pretty difficult guy to work with. And uh, they kicked him out of the band, and now they're still doing CKY, but it's like it doesn't have that frontman sound that I love. And I don't know. I, I guess I'm a massive nostalgic pussy at the end of the day. So, <laughs> dude, we all are. Don't feel bad. That's that's I, yeah. Actually, did you ever get around to uh, Bam's club when he had that down in uh, Westchester? No, never did. It was actually a cool, pretty cool spot. Like, I don't think it only lasted for like what five years, maybe. What happened? Did someone get fucking really bad over there? I don't know. I think just bam, bammed, and then like it just kind of went under or something. I have no idea. 
Yeah, it was, it was very short-lived. But, Jambers, what about you? Viral video. Ah, uh, yes, back on topic. It's it's all your base that belong to us. Like, I was in computer club back in early high school. And, uh, like, when that first came out, that was the thing that we would just, like, put on repeat. Like, almost, like, sometimes for the entire goddamn time. Because, like, the point of computer club is supposed to be, like, building the website for our high school. But instead, we would just, like, hang out and play Counter-Strike and Unreal Tournament. And then just, like, share stupid internet videos with each other. But the old nuns, like, you know, they had no idea. So you update, like, you know, the header on the page. And you're like, oh, good job, team. <laughs> Damn it, Jim. <laughs> you went to a Catholic school? Yeah, I was a Catholic boy. That's cool. I did that for a year and a half. Convinced my mom to let me go public. That was pretty sick. <laughs> that was probably the right call. But you got to miss out on all the fun parts of Catholic school, like your principal disappearing for raping a kid. So, Oh, that happened to you? Oh, yeah. Junior year. <laughs> so I actually went to the same um, I went to the same high school that Tim Dillon did. So when he like if you listen to his okay. shit, he tells all the stories about the um, the theater teacher kissing kids in the hallway like that happened. That was real. He's not making that up. Um, and you're like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. It was a very their theater program was like a separate thing than the high school. Like it was funded through another like. I don't know. It was a it, Holy Trinity is was a scam school. I tried to fail at the acceptance test, like uh, at the acceptance exam, and um, they took me anyway. So I was like, "This is not gonna be good." You're, like, You're too cute. That was a problem. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, "I like that one." Apparently, uh, yeah. uh, if you want to get to Holy Trinity, see all the way down. Perfect. <laughs> there Perfect you go. <laughs> Next up from JD Mains. Can you rely on early release reviews of Nintendo when the company excludes reviewers it has an unfavorable opinion of, rightly or wrongly? Ooh, we'll be getting to this. A YouTuber knows they need early access reviews, and should they be worried about Nintendo denying the early access for bad reviews? Selective early access is a slippery slope. Here's you almost thing. can't review or rely on any reviews anymore. That, well, that, that was going to be my thing, is anyone who gets a free copy of a game... If they, especially if they're in with a cash cow like Nintendo and you're in that little club of like, I'm getting it for free, you're not going to fuck up your meal ticket. And especially if these guys are doing this shit full time, like, what are you going to be brutally honest and be like, yeah, Tears of the King, you know, it, it's uh, it's fine. It's just Breath of the Wild 1.5. Like, no, you're going to say it's the greatest thing ever. It's da-da-da-da-da. You're not going to point out the flaws. And... Yeah, so you can't really take any of them. I feel like all those review shits should stop just because, or you should have to pay for them at the very minimum to be able to give a realistic instead of informing folks two or three days before the shit's released. No, like just yes. wait till the day of and everyone can play it at ground zero. Allow some folks to take a few days, let it breathe then you can give a legit informed decision. As soon as you throw money at it, it's no longer, you can't take any of it for real. That's just my opinion. I don't know. Uh, what do you guys think? Brian, that I sounds like dirty Gamergate talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> they were right. No, I, I agree 100%. Um, that whole culture is very weird. Also, um, I kind of look at a lot of gamers are people who like to own shit, like they're collectors and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. even just getting it for free is like a weird, like subconscious perk these people are getting. Yeah. Where immediately it's... they're grateful. 
When it's like, if it's your job, you shouldn't act grateful. You should yeah. just act in, in for the sake of your, your writing. Um, you're immediately fucked. Yeah. Once, like, here, here's the case for, like, giant companies and writers who make money. Like, lots of money. And there's a lot who aren't. When you have a writer who makes a shit ton of money from a company because he's selling product or whatever, and he gets the game for free, it means nothing to him. Now, when you have the person who's writing, um, they can get in contact with Nintendo, and after making $22,000 a year uh, with their writing career, they can go, oh, my God, I got sent a free game. They're hungry. They're going to keep a positive... Um, mm -hmm. th they're going to deliver a positive message for the people sending that game, no matter what, because they're 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 a collector at heart, and they don't have, and yeah. that's lame. They should probably go get a different job. Well, it, and it's like I can't fully even blame them because I mean Jim and I have, have mentioned it. We've been sent some free games before, and there's a handful we've actually reviewed. I think we ended up being a little too honest for their likings because <laughs> we want to get reposted by their yeah, stuff. Yeah, if you don't get a retweet from them, it's like, yeah, they probably didn't like it. They they they, they probably didn't appreciate that we were a little honest about yeah. their, sub, their subpar game. Whereas others, <clears throat> some other people have sent us free codes and stuff on Steam, and I played it and I went, I don't even want to put a review because it, it's not going to be good. Like right. I'm not, I just avoid putting it up because I'm like, yeah, I'm just, I'll just not get to that review. But yeah, the people where it's like, how many games can be a nine or a ten out of ten when it comes from all these fucking things? IGN, GameStop, like, dude, not every game's a ten. Not every game is even close to a nine or a fucking eight. There are a lot of sixes and sevens and fives out there, and we're in this world that if you don't get in. At nine or above, these companies look at it like, oh, we did a failure of a game, and then they they start blacklisting folks and saying, well, you're not getting future games from us. So right. Nintendo, any company, if they're sending free copies and <clears throat> it seems a little too unanimous, it's probably a lot of bullshit. That's all I'll say. Well, I, I'm not I'm not even angry for Nintendo for doing that, sending these games out because. Oh yeah! Fuck these people are gonna. It's it's publicity for basically the cost of nothing. Like we all know that it, they're not yeah. making their money. They don't. They can send out a few hundred copies of this game, whatever game it is, and they're not. They're fucking Nintendo. Who gives a shit? Yeah. I mean, my dude, Big Will with Heavy Hole. We've uh, we've had a couple of labels reach out and say, "Hey, can we send you music?" And he just said no, because firstly, music is fucking cheap. Like it's streaming. Um, yeah. you can't buy favor from that. So. We're gonna rub people the wrong way for nothing. Exactly. Like, yes. Yeah. True. Yeah. So the gaming thing, because there's a little more investment behind it, I could see why it's a little more of like a touch and go. But like with music, it's like no, just I'll just wait till it's fucking out. Yeah. Yeah. And just the same way I do with movies, I don't trust critic scores on games at all. I wait till I see what the the general opinion is whether it be on a steam page xbox page playstation i want to see what the people who are actually playing it who paid for this shit i want to see what the aggregate score is there and you know what yeah. nine times out of ten they're not matching the critics critic scores so yeah i don't trust any online critic like there's no way legend of zelda this game doesn't average a 9.5 out of 10 it, pretty much yeah whether it deserves it or not like it's just not gonna going to so yeah. I mean, 
if the game is anything like Breath of the Wild, it'll be fine. Like uh, it's people will buy it. I will buy it. Breath of the Wild, I loved it. Uh, I don't really, I don't need it to expand that much. Like yeah. I, I really don't. Yeah. I mean, we'll be getting into what it expands into. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> now, but good, good question, JD. Yep, and that wraps it up for this week. So once again, thank you to everyone out there, all the patrons for all the support. Make sure to head on over to Patreon if you're new to the page. Check out all the extra content we have where you can do game review requests, movie review requests, listen to our bonus episodes, and whatever extra content we put up there. And if whatever thing you're listening on, whether it's YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify, head on over to the other platforms, give some subs, leave some reviews. It helps us out. Thank you, guys. Truly appreciate it. All right, gents. So one of the things that has been going on for the past couple weeks in the news, if anyone didn't know, the whole Bud Light controversy with uh, their spokesperson, Dylan Mulvaney. Um, it's kind of the ad campaign or whatever you want to call it has come and gone. However, the backlash is continuing to be pushed out there. And the CEO of Anheuser-Busch is now very very aggressively trying to distance himself from the controversy saying it was not a formal campaign. It was one can. We were not trying to push an agenda. Da, 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 da. We're, and they're basically willing to put down. I've seen a couple different figures, but like insane amounts of money this summer, they're tripling their normal advertising for the summer to try to gain back the money they've lost because of that campaign. And, uh, you know, if you listen to the video that's in the link below, um, they're doing what they can. And I don't know if you guys have noticed, they started like almost immediately running that weird ass, like horse running in the field commercials now. Yeah. The super America commercial, the super America. They're like, we know what our roots are and we're here to say like, like it's just a fucking horse running. And it's like a, uh, the guy from the fucking big Lebowski's voice. It sounds like. But it's like a knockoff of him um, just saying, like, we know our roots and we're proud to be American and da da da, da and they're waving American flags. So they the are only going. The yes, sir, we say is freedom. Yeah. So they, it is such a 180. And I guess when you get go down, whatever it was, it was 6%, which translated to something like $5 billion of market value lost. Um, off the stock. Off the, uh, yeah, no, 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 off the stock. And then obviously, you know, there's there's all these reports. I add some videos in here of uh, like Costco and a bunch of markets like marking 30 cases, 30 cans of Bud Light down to fourteen ninety five just to try to get rid of it. And people still won't buy it in certain markets. So there's there's tons of backlash going on. And it's kind of like Bud Light. Who did you think the people that were buying your beer? Like, you're not going to get hipsters or anyone to really try your shitty beer to begin with. And the people that would react like this are your clientele. And now they're going to triple their advertising to try to salvage their image. It's such a fucking weird thing. And I feel like we've seen this now. Um, maybe not so much in the beer world, but I feel like we've seen this from other major brands and it's just, it's hilarious to me cause I don't give two shits about Bud Light to begin with. Um, but it's just, man, I don't know what this is going to translate to. Yeah. Uh, Jim, what do you think about that? It's not, give it like six months. It's not going to translate to shit. Like, Bud Light's going to be fine. They don't even need to spend this like 
triple digit advertising campaign. No one, no one's gonna fucking care soon enough. It's like, yeah, you had Kid Rock shooting at cases for a month, and like, I, I, I still say that like it's the old thing of like any bad press is good press and shit. But like, actually, to Brian's point, like I've uh, coworkers who are, you know, when you're in Philly, you it's it's weird in Philly because like Philly itself is very you know Democrat, very liberal city, shit like that. You only have to go like 20 miles out of the city before you are in like hardcore red country. And right. like I have coworkers who live out in the, there. And it's not even the sticks. You know, it's just like slightly farther suburbs. And even them are like, yeah, man, like I was talking to the beer store owner and they're like, people are just not buying this shit. So even though like, yeah, the stock went down slightly, but even though it's still like, I think was up a little bit at times too. Like, I don't know. I'm stupid with stocks as my portfolio shows, but it's still just like, I don't think it's going to make that big of a goddamn deal. And, like, I, it must have made some kind of real dent, though, I guess, if they're freaking out this much. Like, I don't think it was really that big of a, like, even when all the stocks are saying, oh, it's down 5%, like, okay, they can make cares, that back up yeah. easy. Yeah. It's, I guess it spooked them. I don't know. I'm surprised they didn't wait until Pride Month. I guess maybe that's my biggest thing. Like, you know, do the, you know, the pointless gesture that everyone just waves off anyway. And you could be like, oh, hey, we supported this community this time. And then probably no one would have cared, but it's actually- just a weird thing in general. That's actually a really good point. I didn't think about that. Like, if you're going to do a thing like that, do it during a month when everyone knows that the whole world is fucking That's what to expect, hell. yeah. And it's just like, all right. Um, I believe, so Anheuser-Busch, that whole company is owned by, like, this giant multinational corporation. I think their their headquarters are in Brazil. Um, they, it doesn't matter, because what happens in, in this kind of situation is, like, the umbrella companies... They own so much of the competition that oh, it's, just, yeah. it's just like it never really pans out to anything. Um, so I think you're right. It's not obviously it doesn't matter that much. And it's like it, it was a stupid thing for them to do in terms of like like trans people right now. It's very like there there's no honest conversation being had about it. You know, you have very left-leaning people, like, saying there's a genocide on, you know, these folks. And then you have the right-leaning people saying, like, they're trying to make children into trans, like... And it's like, there might be a sliver of truth in what these extreme polarized people are saying. But to me, it's like, trans people are like squirrels. If you have an opinion on them, you're weird. Um, We know they're squirrels. They're just fucking... they, They live in trees and they do a thing and that's it like that's all they offer it's like they're not they're like any other person like, yeah i don't mm-hmm. give a shit i can't honestly say i full out support anything but i also wouldn't i don't care and i think most people kind of can agree with me where it's just like it doesn't matter and we can recognize commercial pandering yeah so the whole <laughs> thing is so bizarre that people are freaking out about a stock going down like, it's not realized. Anyone who sells it at a loss, good, fuck you. It, it doesn't matter. Anyone who makes money on it, it's a stock. That's what you're supposed to do with it. I I think I think, I think think you're definitely right there. But I think the thing that's interesting is, to my point, the people that were drinking Bud Light. Like, so your goal, you're pandering, hoping that you're going to get LGBTQ on your side to drink a beer that everyone doesn't matter who you are pretty much knows it's shit, 
But the only people that were supporting you would be the type of people that would get upset by a campaign like this. So while the initial stock price might have dipped, I think to Jim's point, there's there's some stubborn motherfuckers out there. And I think it, they had their way. They're now Coors fans or whatever. And they're, they're, Which they is might retarded even, because Coors has had multiple LGBTQ fucking promotions and shit too. Well, yeah, but they it didn't get the news. It. That yeah, that's the difference, the like because they did it, during Pride Month when no one cared, and they went, "All right, pandering, fine." Well, yeah, that, that's the point. Yeah. yeah, dude, so, I I drink Bud Light, okay. Yeah, and when that happened, I continued drinking Bud Light. Yeah. I don't. It, it's a commercial. Just it, wait till they release the limited edition story editions when you gotta read a story to drink it, and then you won't. Like to me, <laughs> I would have doubled down, like with this, and gone full like everyone who works here is trans now. Or something. Because they're like, I don't know. There's no good way to go about saying like we have values when you are just a company that obviously doesn't. So like I watched the video you sent of the the guy like kind of backtracking that. And he's saying, oh, yeah, it's only it was only a promotional thing that we sent to one influencer. It's like you didn't do anything wrong. Like, don't apologize. Don't try to tread back at all. It's like. Well, you know what? Do another. <laughs> you know what you do? You make the Dylan Mulvaney one a real can. You double down and you go. We're putting this in stores, and well, I'm well, still that, gonna fucking yeah. drink it, even though I don't give a shit about Dylan Mulvaney. Or, you know, it's. Well, it, that's what's funny is now what's gonna happen because they're doing the 180. People that might have been in support of it are probably recognizing like, oh, they were just kind of doing it for bullshit they don't actually support it so now any new customers they would have gotten are going to drop back off in hopes that they pull back old customers so they've just now split the difference and pissed off people on both sides again it's like stop trying to be clever with your fucking marketing you're making a beer you don't need to make a statement just make your beer and just that's it make beer that's all you gotta do Leave, leave the commentary up to the white guys in their basements, okay? That's right. Just fucking make the- beers. <laughs> but, well, it's funny. So then it, one of the the things I saw, uh, we follow breweries in PA. Um, it's a big beer blog, and they cover all the news of PA breweries. Um, but the Necromancer Brewery out of Pittsburgh released their even gayer light beer. And... They did it in the font of like Bud Light, but um, it's in direct response to this, and uh, you know it's in support of the Gay for Good Pittsburgh. Um, so basically, they're donating a portion of all the sales to that, and uh, they they hold events every year at their Pride Fest. So it, it's kind of just like a slap back at them, being like, whatever, we're gonna double down on this. And they've made, like, shirts and shit, apparently, in the short amount of time it's been out. It's already selling well. But it's in Pittsburgh, and it's not, like, a big, you know, a big brewery. But this is the kind of thing now I bet you see popping up all over the country. We just had the example right here in PA. Sure. And you know what? God bless them. Bless them. They took an opportunity to exploit Mm -hmm. someone else fucking up where no one's actually losing any money or losing their job or anything like that. And they went with it. So good for them. Make yeah. your gay fucking beer. It's awesome. I'll drink one. I don't give a shit. I want it. Yeah. Well, I'll drink it if it's good. 
or taste yeah, as good as Bud Light. That's the thing we were going to bring up because most light, oh, most breweries don't make light beers or any craft people. So yeah. it's like, I can't even think it. Like, I know it's like the ones that get bigger, like Victory has like lighter lagers and shit like that now, but nothing ever like comes out and says, oh, this is our light beer. So I'd be really interested to see like what they actually do with it because Pilsners are kind of tough for microbrews because they kind of fuck it up a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But wait, did you guys, when all this shit was going on with the Kid Rock and all that, I kept seeing advertisements for a, some light beer I've never heard of. Um, it was like the American light beer. Like, it was basically the rights kind of, like, they were trying to push this brand of oh, light beer. You yeah, know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. What the like fuck a, was that Was it called? like a Ben Shapiro beer or something? It, I think I mean, it was from the Blaze or something like that. Yeah, they were putting out, like, some, the anti-woke beer or some shit like that. Yeah. You know, somehow, like, I feel like an incentive like that is infinitely more gay than Dylan Mulvaney. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, did you see on, like, the new fucking Twitter guy of the week? So there's this, there's this poor fucking kid. And I say poor in the sense that he's a 16-year-old conservative influencer. And his first name is, like, by Breelin, or, like, B-R-I-L-Y-N, like, Brylin, some shit like that. Yeah. And it's this right. fucking dork stand there, and, like, he's got Sarah Huckabee's face under, like, a thing of Bud Light <laughs> for a koozie, saying this is what a real woman looks like. But he's got, like, a can of bubbly under it because he's six fucking teen. And it's just... Uh. No, it's so much gayer than any gay beer has ever been. This this <laughs> is like, uh, you, you know, when people talk about like that one conservative talking point where it's just like leave kids alone as this whole trans thing and stuff like that. I believe that, but like across the board, like none of this shit. Like it's it's just not that important. Like you shouldn't have any conservative, sixteen uh, year old influencer or or liberal at that matter. It's just like kids kids are fucking weird like we all remember what's i mean you guys are doing a video game podcast of course you remember what it's like to be a kid yeah like mm -hmm. putting yourself into this world where like adults are even talking about it like it's an okay thing it's like they have no respect for kids at all both sides like the way they i don't know it's not yeah. like it, it's not supposed to be like some sanctimonious thing it's just childhood like leave it yeah. on let them be kids let them figure it out like like the, the set like i was just like a 16-year-old political influencer was like, oh, my fucking God, what did your parents do to you? Oh, yeah. Unless, unless he just sees the dollar signs, because I guess that's easy money to be made, but it's just like, fuck, man. That's true. I mean, like, You're supposed to be like trying to get like fucking handies in movie theaters. Like You're not supposed to be talking about this shit. That's right. You're supposed to be going out there, being a line cook at Friendly's like I was at that age, and trying yeah. to afford your very cheap insurance and mm -hmm. driving your 95 Monte Carlo. That's what the fuck you do at 16. That's what God meant. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah. That's so, real America. That's my America. God damn it. it. It is a weird conversation. I was just talking to some friends the other day and like, yeah. I, uh, about like this, like everyone's talking about trans things and like these very harsh perspectives. And like overall to like the way I look at it now, after having talked about it, I don't know a fucking hundred times is like, that's the plague on our society. It's not like the fake fucking trans genocide or the fake, uh, like, indoctrination of all those people it's the conversation that all of us are having constantly which is just wasting our fucking time mm -hmm. like yeah it's the new gay panic and like fucking in 20 years it'll be like gay people are now it's like oh that's cool yeah it's not gay enough that's what i would say <laughs> no, that's true God. that's why you got to get your even gayer beer <laughs> mm, correct get your oh, gay beer now before they make it all beer at some point too they're gonna make it illegal 
So, so here's the question, fellas, from a marketing standpoint, since we know they're going to triple down on trying to get this, are they just going to stick to those just like the horse commercial that's out there? Is it going to be like the guy in the truck working the field or are they going to try to pull in some celebrity to like really give it some oomph? Like what, what are you, what are you predicting here from a marketing campaign that Bud Light tries to turn this around? Big set of tits on the can. Yep. I like that. <laughs> I like that. I mean, yeah, that well, that that would sell some merch. So we <laughs> we all know this is going to be a like the largest ad campaign committee to ever exist, where they're going to hire every every Top Gun and go. How do we fix our product? What do they need to do? They need to bring Bruce Willis in and just go hold the beer can, look at the camera, and just say whatever the fuck's going to come out of your retarded brain right now. Yeah, he can't think no more. Well, that's what I'm saying. They just sit in there and just go, hey, Bruce, look here. And there's a camera, and he goes, fuck you looking at? Make that the ad campaign. Perfect. It's going to be very, very fascinating. And I think their push is also going to be whatever movies are being made right now, they're trying to get them probably pushed in movies too. Like, so whatever the next Fast and Furious is going to be or a rock movie, you know he's drinking a Bud Light. You know <laughs> that for best. sure. Here, here's Vin Diesel drinking 18 Bud Lights and then racing <laughs> the cops into a fuck <laughs> off the fucking bridge. Exactly. So I, you know, we're gonna follow, see what actually comes out of this. My guess is it will be quiet for a little while, but. Yeah, we'll see what comes. Actually, what I am curious we now, We can't Jim, escape it. You... It's still going. It's been a month. Why is it still going? Well, Jim, right? to your point, though, like, now are they going to avoid doing anything like that during June? Because no, June's I, around the corner. Like, I, what are I, they going to do? I want to see one-upsmanship. I want to see actually going back to what Tom said about Corey. I want to see fucking Corey's come out with the gayest ad campaign ever. Yeah. Like every little can that you that rolls out of the twelve pack has a little dick and balls on it. You're like, oh god. And then on the other <laughs> side, it has um, it says, "I'm definitely could be a lady. I'm definitely could be a lady. <laughs> I'm definitely." <laughs> the ad campaign's just a guy like doing the uh, skiing motion with two the cans of Bud Light, just splashing himself in the face. Yeah, Jim, can you do that motion again? Oh, I can do it all night, Brian. <laughs> I just need that for editing purposes. <laughs> That's fine. I've given up dignity long ago. <laughs> whatever it's whatever is gonna be down the pipeline for old Bud Light there, yep. <laughs> it's not gonna be a surprise when we see it. No one's uh, gonna go, "Wow, good move!" Yeah, wow, good job, Bud Light. You figured it out. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not happening. Well, speaking about companies and their terrible moves. That we we touched on this a little bit with Nintendo and reviews in general. Brian, of but, course, the goddamn day later, all this shit hits the fan after we recorded, like usual. Of course, as and you know, tomorrow something else is going to drop. But uh, <clears throat> as we concluded last week, the very next day, as Jim is saying, Kotaku, uh, you know, there's been a lot of back and forth. Kotaku got blacklisted from doing Nintendo reviews. Excuse me, basically because they were they had listed something. Uh, when Breath of the Wild, or not Breath of the Wild, what game was it? Uh, Metroid. Metroid Dread. Right. Um, basically talking about how you could pirate a game and kind of, not, I wouldn't say directly given links, but making it very known that you could get pirated copies of this game that's brand new. Nintendo didn't like that very much. So Kotaku's, one of their reporters came out and was kind of like, this is ridiculous. 
Well, now they went on a bender of releasing as many um, Tears of the Kingdom leaks. They do say at the beginning there will be spoilers, but they're like, here's what we've learned from all the playthroughs we've seen. And it contains a lot of spoilers of the game. Yeah, they didn't like spoil like story elements, but a lot of stuff that you're like you're gonna see through the gameplay. That's what they mostly put up there. Did you guys read all of it? I did. I I, I read it just to be like, well, what did they actually spoil? Right. Um, and to Jim's point, yeah, they don't spoil I read story. A, yeah, I read yeah. A, enough of it to go. <clears throat> we all knew this. There's not that much that like, I guess, Brian, like you're saying, it's like. They didn't give any of the story away. The story kind of matters in those games. I mean, we are just yeah. running around and, you know, bopping cute little things on the head and fucking yeah. using a, a a bow poorly because I fucking suck at it. But, same. <laughs> um, yeah, like there was nothing in it that it wasn't like a scandalous release to me. Well, that's kind of where I. With every inch of my soul, I don't ever want to stand up for Nintendo or Kotaku. Right. Um, I don't think Kotaku releasing that was wrong because they're kind of just trying to get in on the cash fix of, we need to report something on this game. We, we can't re- do a review of it. So here's kind of the next best thing. We're just going to report out on what everyone else is talking and seeing about the game. And had they said, like, here's a spoiler, you know, like Zelda fucks Ganon. Okay, that would have been a big spoiler. That would have been pretty cool. <laughs> but instead, they did like kind of a whatever. And I think Nintendo fanboys. Twitter went, this, freaked the fuck out. I mean, Jim, this could have been Gamers Mad. It is. It kind of was. Because, like, so, Tom, I don't know if you follow much of gaming Twitter, but no. uh, fucking good. I'm not on away. Twitter anymore. And it's even better. Good man. Good move. Smart. But fucking like gaming Twitter exploded when they like when they dropped this article because they're like, oh, look at Penny Kotaku all pissed off about not getting their code. So they're going to spoil the game and just like people freaking the fuck out saying, where's your, you know, point to the MAGFest, you know, Joe Kotaku's journalistic integrity sign that they, you know, bitched about to get taken down. So they were just like going off about it. And I'm sitting there going. I mean, this is like a major news story, and them reporting on it is definitely what Nintendo would not want to see. Isn't this like actually good journalism for once from Kotaku? Mm-hmm. That, th- yeah, hmm. yeah. That and they didn't sense. even spoil the story. They just said, "Hey, here's what you can expect to see. Here you go. Do with it I what you want." It's a like hyper analytic, like reporting on something that. Maybe they wanted to keep like, oh, it's a surprise. Look at this. There was one kind of reveal that was a bit of a, like, which I don't need to go into. But it's the first one where it's like, as as a continuation. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. About the very beginning of the story. Yeah, right. So it's like, that. all right, if you want to call that a spoiler, great. They're just finding a way to turn the page. Yeah. Right. Beyond that, that, it's like, who, who fucking, like... Yeah, they did a piece of good reporting. Is it that bad on Kotaku? Did I even say yeah. it right? Do I even yeah. know? <laughs> I mean, I th- you're, you're saying how I feel, too. It's like, guys, once again, unless they re- said this leak of, like, man, can you believe Link dies in the first hour? Like, that would be a spoiler. Yeah. Or some major, like, story-driven shit. But no... 
they're like, oh, here's game mechanics, here's potential areas. Like, and as we said, if you're any kind of Legend of Zelda fan, it's all shit you go, oh, uh, okay. Like, we're dancing around it, and you can click the link if you want yeah, to. Like, they said more dungeons, but they already I, said they're going to put in more dungeons. That was a complaint. Not enough I'm, dungeons. Well, here's more dungeons. Well, a little big spoiler. Oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah well, you keep, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be considerate to people who are listening to this who, who do nah, care. fuck them. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> Damn basic- it, Jim. <laughs> no, I'm going to say something else that will offend someone. So, I'd rather just, like, not have them. I don't think anyone's turning this off. They love your guys' voices, by the way. <laughs> Brian, your voice is so smoky. They love it. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Just being considerate, everything on that fucking list was something that I would expect going from, I don't know, Twilight Princess to Skyward Sword. Mm-hmm. It's like the same kind of like, all right, this is a lateral jump that works within the universe. Um, no harm. Yeah. And it's funny because I actually did see the IGNs, the GameSpots, the whatever, who did, like, in-depth reviews with gameplay footage, which, to me, revealed a whole lot more than what this article did. Sure. And it's like, okay, so but if Kotaku had a chance to review it, do you think they weren't going to spell all this shit out anyway? That's where I go, like, it's kind of... It, it's Nintendo dorks are, in my opinion, well, tend to be the worst of the gamers out there. They're all mad, of, too, because, like, they use yeah. the leaked version that got out there. But it's fucking out there. So you expect them to not do it? They didn't get a code, so they looked at the leaked game that was out there, and they reported on it. Whatever. Yeah. What, from what now, I know... It, I'm sorry to cut everyone off, but just real quick. Now, Kotaku doesn't help themselves when they get all sanctimonious over the years, as they have, like... I, we have a link below for when The Last of Us 2 was coming out. Huge release, a lot of controversy around it. And they there were leaked versions of it that, that were coming out early. And Kotaku made a hard stance. You should not check out this pirated game and you should not spoil it for yourself, blah, 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 blah. So, of course, when something like this happens, when they don't get a code, then they look petty and shit like that. So, I get it, but still, fucking shut up, nerds. Yeah, well, and, and my problem with the comparison there is what we're saying is... The leaks with the Last of Us thing leaked a major spoiler of the game. Like, the, one of the number one reasons you play that game is story, and they leaked the biggest surprise of the entire story. That's way more fucked up than what they, quote-unquote, leaked or talked about in this article. I mean, where I'm like, I, I didn't buy the game because I heard uh, you had to play as a lesbian. That's right. That's, that's, why, not, that's not true. That's I why you don't drink that. your Bud Light. Yeah, we know that's it. Right. <laughs> that's why he had his belly. He was doing this I drink Bud Light because Dylan Mulvaney <laughs> is no lesbian. Um, all freedom. Yeah. No, I, I I never actually got around to it, but I remember that like the buzzing that was happening. I was on Twitter when that was around, and like the amount of shit that people were saying, like, oh, like, yeah, just just let it happen. Let the game come out already. You know? Well, I, I haven't played it either, but I do know what happens really? because of you know, Twitter and spoiler, and it's like. Yeah, that's I don't know that that's that's a little different in my eyes. But it, it what's interesting is, like I said, I don't want to give either side any credit. It's like, well, Nintendo, if you do blacklist these, call them journalists, they're gonna figure out a way to report on the shit and still make news for such a big release. So, Nintendo could easily. Just shut them up, as we said. The $60 that they charge people versus the $10 it probably takes them to make it. They could send them a copy, and a lot of this shit goes away. But Nintendo's going to Nintendo, so. 
Yeah, I mean, let me ask you guys a question about reviews. I have a theory about reviews in general, and I'm uh, extending it into video games. So mm -hmm. I have this thing in my head where um, for movies, the only useful to, like reviews are negative ones. Yeah. For music, the only useful ones are positive ones. And it has to do with the commitment of time that people have to put into it. Yeah. A song versus like a two-hour runtime, like... I want to know if I'm going to be stepping in shit for two hours. I can get over three minutes of bullshit. So I want to hear like, and there's a lot of shit coming out. So I, I want to hear like the good end of that. And when it comes to movies, because I'll be sitting there and getting ripped off by AMC, if I dare see it in a theater, um, I want to hear the bad shit. You also probably are going in there wanting to meter your expectations. Like like you're saying, the bad shit. Like, what's the worst thing these people are saying about this movie? Like, I saw that Renfield movie with Nicolas Cage. Oh, fuck. And, and, and here's the deal. I went in there with an expectation that it's going to be a goofy Nicolas Cage movie. A lot of people shit on it. But they shit on it because they thought it was going to be something better than a Nicolas Cage movie. But it, it wasn't even goofy. It was like the whole staff was like... Whoever wrote that fucking movie, I wanted to fucking punch in the face. <laughs> that movie fucking sucks so bad. Because, like, all they had to do was watch a naked gun movie. Because that's the kind of movie it was at heart. But instead... It was trying to be, yeah. They tried to make it a story where we give a shit about Renfield. No, he should have been a Mr. Magoo character. Yeah, no who one... Who walked around yeah. in this world not knowing what the fuck he's doing. He should have been seeking help. What the fuck is that shit? He should have been a retard the whole time, walking around, and just like, if you're going to have Aquafina in the movie for the sake of having Aquafina, why the fuck would you make her the strongest person in the police force? She ruins every movie for me. Awful. She's awful. Th that whole movie, She's... that was a one out of ten. And it was like, I like shitty Nicolas Cage movies. I like shitty movies. Like, when you're, you could do fun shit like that. But it was like, the whole thing that was written, sorry, this is a bit of a tangent, and the beer is yeah. kicking Oh, no, please. But yep. I, I get really frustrated when there is no goal. And you see that in movies more than anything else. It's a goofy movie about the character Renfield. Take the Tom Waits version from Bram Stoker's, uh, you know, the, uh, the Coppola one, and just make him more retarded. And send him out into the world and make other people care about what he's doing but him not give a shit there's yeah. like two ways to write comedy it's it's crazy world same character or the opposite same character crazy world any any deviation from that is a fucking horrible movie every well, time i mean to your point uh what's it called with dracula dead and loving it they did the parody you need it for the dracula series sure and, and peter mcnoll was it mc how do you say his name? The guy from Ghostbusters 2. The guy who played Renfield in that movie. Peter McNichol. Peter McNichol, yeah. McNichol, yeah. He yeah, was he was a good version of what you're trying to describe. But yeah, no, they had to make uh that what's his face? Uh William Holt or whatever. Yeah, fucking Be skins. Yeah, like <laughs> they had to make him like try to be a love romance, whatever. But if you if you saw the good reviews of that, it would do you no good. If you saw the bad reviews, it would capture what you're saying. So but to your point, like music, if somebody doesn't like a song, they might say the whole album blows, didn't put any investment in it, versus a good. Video games, it's so tough because you really got to contextualize, like, 
what is it people aren't liking about this game? And that's why I find the aggregate, like, average user, when I see a bunch of people bitching about an FPS being, like, doesn't have enough story, I'm like, okay, well, that's because it's not meant to have a fucking story, so I can't yeah. take that shit serious. But when I see, like, a game, like, if they say this Legend of Zelda is boring as shit because it might just be Breath of the Wild and it doesn't feel like it improved enough... Okay, then it might be have a little more validity. So I can't answer, like, is it better to read the goods or the bads? But I just completely look over anyone that says right away 9 or 10 out of 10. I don't trust that at all. Right. Yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. Just having a critical eye is kind of important. And you know, I think I have too critical of an eye overall. I love shitting on things like... People think I'm upset when I'm watching a movie like Renfield. Like, I actually don't mind watching shit like that. Um, it's kind of just like throwing yourself into the thick of bullshit. Um, when you don't, like, I, I don't know. I don't really consume a shit ton of media. Like, I work in media. So, like, I don't go out of my way to, like, watch shit all the time. But when I do, it's like... <sighs> part of me because i guess i work in it i am willing to sit there and shit on stuff and it's kind of fun it's it is a lot of fun i'd be totally lying if i said i had a bad time sitting through that movie does that make sense oh yeah it's called yeah, uh, being it. human i think no no but it, it's the same way jim you and i think about how many times have we said now when do you turn off your idea of should i be recording this game thinking of it more critically than Previously, you would just play a game just to play a game. Sure. Yeah. Now you play a game, and there is automatically, like, for as low level as we are, there there's a critical eye you're taking to games that we previously didn't before we started doing this shit. And now it's like, yeah, you do that, in Tom's case, for all types of media. So you can be critical of shit about it, but still have an enjoyment. I, I mean, Jim, anytime you listen to a drummer, I'm sure there's a part of you that goes ah, he's fucking this up, or I don't like this. Like, you can enjoy it, but you, there's probably a part of you listening to it with a different ear than anyone else would be. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I could fall down rabbit holes all the time with drumming YouTube and shit like that. And even, <laughs> most of those drummers, even when they fuck up, it's still a thousand times better than anything I can pull off. So I'm just like, oh, you went a little off there, but then they just immediately save it because they're all pros. Yeah. Mm. Whereas most people would never pick up, they even fucked up. But right, you could. exactly. Yeah. But I guess, like, the whole idea of reviewing games and, like, having this, like, this kind of, like, this, I can't even remember the fucking name of the outlet. Kotaku? Kotaku, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, the fact that they have this, like, kind of seesawing mentality of, like, oh, yeah, don't review this game shit because it's be being pirated. And then, like, oh, we didn't get a free copy, so fuck this company. It's like, what do you expect? That's That's what I would do. Mm -hmm. and i'm a fucking idiot so <laughs> that I, I don't know like reviewing is a weird thing to begin with like it needs to to me it needs to be fun or it needs to be like extremely engaging like we all know we live in a world where like we know art reviews and critics are just stupid they're dumb none of it makes sense mm -hmm. because art doesn't make sense at all at least movies still have to have an arc to them there still is like this retention behind it and with gaming you still need to be able to play it and with music, it should still kind of be music, you know? And, there, and music, it's so cheap. Music is so cheap. Like, not just with your your money, but, like, with your time. 
It's mm-hmm. fucking five minutes tops, maybe a seven minutes if you're listening to a noise track. If you want to listen to that, that's all on you. Yeah. So engaging in video games, I get it. There is a little more nuance. You're engaged on a different level than you are with other forms of media. A lot of it's going to be very bad because it's so many forms collected into one thing and someone's going to fuck up along the way. Um, so being the shitty reviewer, you're almost like part of that chain, I guess, when it comes to like, you're on an industrial, like they're, everyone knows their name almost as much as they know Nintendo at this point. Yeah. No, there's a tons of like the big name, quote unquote, big name reviewers. And it's just like, after a while, it's you're like, oh, I completely agree with this person. I'm going to watch what they say, or I hate this person. I'll never listen to what they say and I'll buy like, you know, despite them or some shit like that. Right. You're not even like listening at that point. You're like picking a team. Sure. I I also wonder how much that affects the market, truly. Um, Like, what is it that isn't natural with video games that needs review as opposed to like a video game just coming out after its initial advertising campaign and people buying it and saying online that they like it? Like, how important are they in that chain? Like, people were going to buy Last of Us 2. Exactly. That's a thing. There are certain games like that. The Legend of Zelda, any first party Nintendo game, Call of Duties, sports games, like they could never get a review again and they're still going to sell the same exact way. Where you need reviews is like if it is somebody like you're saying, it's a passion project. It's like, hey, here's an indie game you've never heard of, but it actually plays really, really well. And I'm trying to just get it out there. You don't need reviews of Legend of Zelda because you know what they're going to say. And if you have to search out the ones that don't blow it, it's probably someone like reviewer you've never heard of. And it's probably going to hurt them more to say something like that. So, right. Yeah. I, I don't think, I don't think they're as necessary as you would think because they were necessary back in the day to have reviews for games. When you spent 60 bucks on a game you didn't have a lot of access to a bunch of reviews and the amount of media out there was limited. There was, was so much shit out there. Yeah. There's so much out there right now that you can go with missing the biggest release. Like I'm not going to buy legend of Zelda now. I'll wait till it gets half price. Cause I'm sure it'll be a fine game. Six but years. I, yeah. I don't need to play it right now because guess what? I have a fucking back catalog of 40 other amazing games. So yeah. I mean, like how if you saw someone seriously reviewing a Madden game, you'd be like, what the fuck's wrong with you? (laughs) Yeah. Like, what is exactly? This is not that far of a stretch based on the franchise. It's like, yeah, it might be six years, but it's the same fucking company. Exactly. And I don't know that they've dumped so much into the previous Switch release. They're going to do something pretty similar. Like I mentioned before, playing. Twilight Princess to Skyward Sword. Yeah, Skyward Skyward Sword was a little more McDonald's looking and shit like that, but it was fun and it played pretty much the same. It just didn't have that grittiness. I don't give a shit. I'm going to walk yeah. around and use my Wii nunchuck and like that's it. It's gonna, fun. Yeah. Yeah. You know what to expect out of it. So I don't know. I I I'm putting in cuz when does uh does the game come out tomorrow? It might be tomorrow. We might we might see the flood of reviews coming in. Let me see here. Yeah, I think it's tomorrow, or is it Thursday? I I always forget when game release days are now. May twelfth, so Thursday. Okay, so you know what I don't like? It's called Tears of what? 
No, Friday. Tears, Friday tears, of, That's tears of the Kingdom. Tears of the yeah. Kingdom. So, tears yeah, using kingdom. tears is a bad word. They <laughs> fucked up naming it immediately. <laughs> it's going to be the dark one. It's going to be the Majora. Yeah. Wait, are you talking about like tears that come out of a face? Because that's disgusting. <laughs> no, it's penis tears. Come on. Let's, oh. let's... <laughs> now I'm fine too. <laughs> so well, it's trans tears, so we have to shoot all the copies. Oh. So <laughs> actually, by the time this comes out, you know what? Uh, as a as a little uh, false claim, we're gonna act like we got a review copy, and the thumbnail is gonna be our review of this, so people will click on this episode. Wait, so the face. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Can you believe it? He gets a master sword. Like I did the whole game real quick. Yeah. And this is what happened. How, how to beat Tears of the Kingdom in two hours. <laughs> I Four beat hour Tears game, of the Kingdom the and, felt, and fed yeah. 600 homeless people. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, as our last topic, and it's... It's. Uh, I know it's, this is your this is your buddy, but I, well, I, I he just he just had both all the tweets together because the guy deleted his original stuff and then did his thing. So Jim so. put a tweet a tweet here from Vito Vito at Vito Comedy, um, and basically he wrote Kotaku writer half apologizes for his bizarre xenophobic tweet claiming it was a mistake, and the tweet was of course once again something that happened after. We recorded it last week um, from Luke Plunkett. And basically he said, for the record, this is how I feel about publisher blacklist. And it's an old World War II. I don't know if it's U.S. or U.K. pilot, but he has the flags of all the Nazi and Japanese planes he shot down on the side. Mm. Common practice from World War II. Um, Basically indicating that he's like, every publisher wants to blacklist list us for telling the truth. Trying to put it out there that like these publishers are, are the bad guys. I thought that that guy was, uh, it was like a notches in his bedpost. Like, how many Japs and fucking Nazis he's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I, it could be that too. Yo, he's making the rounds now. Yeah, I mean, like... <laughs> is, is he actually a Chad? <laughs> he might be. That might be, not, hey, Nazi women's, Japanese women's. They all, I mean, they all got women's. <laughs> But here's the deal. When I saw that photo, my thing was like, wow, the gall of him thinking that Kotaku is like this ultimate good guy in this situation. I was like, if anything, it's like the viewers out there are watching this shit show between Kotaku and Nintendo, and we should be the ones with those little signs on there. But he ended up taking it down, saying, I recognize now it was insensitive, yada, 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 deleting it. The thing I have a problem with, and a lot of people actually said to Vito, is like, was that really xenophobic or was it just a stupid picture? Because it's very, I, this is my one problem. This is very hypocritical of Vito to write that. Yeah, I mean, he says dumb well, shit well, all Everything time. Vito writes is hypocritical. Yeah. All he does is one, he wants attention. Yeah, but like. I, listen, the, I, I, I like Vito. I listen to his show. He's great. But he says some so really fucking dumb shit. Yeah. And this is one where I went, this ain't the take. Like, that Luke dude, is it funny? Like, I think people read into it too much. They're like, it has Japanese flags. It was a Japanese company. You're calling for the death of Japanese people, Dude. which I did see other people, Jim, we know writing that shit on the comments below. And I'm like, was he really doing that? Or was it just a stupid ass picture? And he was just trying to be funny. And cute. I, I thought it was just trying to be edgy and be like, uh, saying he's like, cause that was the implication I got. It's like, Oh, you know, this is what I think about it. Like, you know, bombing the Japs. It's like, okay, that's the way you want to go with it. It's like, let's see how long this tweet stays up. These, like, these takes on it where it's that literal is, 
exactly. Too much. This is back to sack boy. This is people who are unable yeah. to just look at something and go, that guy doesn't like those people. Yes. And it's that's like, all I did. Yep. It, it, it's all metaphorical. To read into it any further than that is just retardation on hyperspeed. Yeah, because yeah, some you know some jackass probably deep enough in the comments is like, did you know that guy was a legit hero and you're going to compare yourself? Like, they go way too far. It's like, how about you just recognize he's saying, like, we're the good guys. We're getting notches on our plane yeah. for all the asshole giant companies out there. Right. Which Leave is a, it at that and walk away. Which is still a moronic take. Like, that guy's it fucking is. stupid for posting that shit. But then also the, like, how dare you post. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it's like God. Then, how then dare you, you fuck did yourself. that for me? Yeah. Oh, you're xenophobic. Yeah. No, totally. he's not. He's just an idiot who works for Kotaku. Yeah. Like, there's enough said there. He's a guy like, whose job on. is gone in the next few years. Yeah. When the AI is real good, nice for you, yeah, you know? Exactly. Fuck that guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. His days are numbered. Yeah. But, but Jim, I mean, what, I mean, you put it there. I mean, what was your take on this? I mean, uh, I mean, I, maybe I'm the dumb one. Like, when I first went into it, I was like, huh, the guy shooting down Japanese, you know, shooting down Japanese bombers. I was like, that could easily be taken as a thing. Like, like I know he wasn't being serious about it, honestly, and like you know, there's a ton of people like, "Oh, you're calling for the murder of Japanese people." It's like fucking, you know, he's not. But I was still like, "Man, that's kind of a, it's kind of an edgy tweet for a Kotaku guy because Japanese company, they're pissed off at him. Guy who shoots down Japanese people." I was like, "All right." Do you think uh, if he had let that tweet kind of hang out a little longer, we would have got a George Takai? I, I guarantee he would have done something about. He would have had some quote tweet on it. This is very offensive. So much yeah. offense <laughs> to me. Are we glossing over the fact, though, he's also, just because his company was blacklisted for doing stupid shit, he's also referring to Nintendo as Nazis? Just as bad? Like, I didn't even take the Nazi part of it, but yeah, I guess you could go that route, too. I, I mean, I, I said, to go any route with that above, okay, it's just a f- stupid, far-reaching thing, is it's just... It's silly. Personally, if I was like an active, like if I was a publisher and I had a Twitter presence, for the sake of not getting into any bullshit, I just wouldn't post anything with swastikas on it. Like, because I would just see like, good chain of thought. Yeah, like, good safe bet. Yeah, it's like, who knows what AI they're using to like pick up what you're posting and how they're going to go, oh, you're obviously a Nazi. This yeah, is, you're I can't com- yeah, you yeah you're right. The AI, they're going to now, that dude's name. <laughs> And that image will be linked together now it's, in algorithms. It's so easy not to say shit. I've been doing it my whole fucking life. Like, the fact that people get in trouble for anything on Twitter, it's like, how did you not know? How did you, like, mm-hmm. is it that important to say, firstly? Secondly, how did you not know? Like, anyone's good. I didn't realize this would offend so many people. Oh, oh. Yeah. You it's are very disrespectful. <laughs> but this but, is yeah. one where jim i mean you like Vito the like i know you really like him but like i love in his comments there's not a one person defending him right now oh no no it's a Vito bait tweet that's if you follow Vito and you like Vito, you just you know you learn you know to live with the bait tweets but and that's that's that, what, I, that doesn't i'll be honest that doesn't shock me at all that everyone's disagreeing with him let's be honest here i mean i'll like Vito on twitter is the worst because 
That's that's why they have a jingle for biggest problem yeah, yeah. called Vito's Twitter. Like it's the same. It's so fucking bad because he like also hides behind this all. Nah, it's a joke, man. <laughs> it's just a joke. No one gets it. <laughs> He's like legitimately like a Waluigi or Wario rather. Um, you just say nah, everyone doesn't get my joke. It's just like that's not a joke, dude. That's like how people talk all the time. Like you could push it. People have done that. You're not pushing it. You're just kind of saying uh, the the lamest take out there. And then if, if someone comes at him, that's always the defense. Yeah, it's just a yeah. joke. It's not serious. It's like, why would you post it then? It's know. almost yeah, like I mean, he's like he does it for attention. But like like you were getting at earlier, Tom. Like it's very easy to like you can be typing something and then delete it and go. Eh, it's not worth it. Like even me when like Brown would get on me and be like, you were drunk last night when you were tweeting, weren't you? And I'd be like, yeah. But even then, like, there's times when I'm, like, typing something and even I go, all right, delete that one. That'll be a problem. Yeah. Like, you don't have to say every thought that's in your head. No. But it seems like just people out here just can't not do that anymore. I don't know if it was lockdown or if it was just too much internet at once or dopamine. I don't know. We've all lost our minds. Yeah. It's just weird. Like, I just find uh, Twitter to be a very strange platform, especially that I participated for a few years and then left a couple years ago and it's been I, I still can't escape it. it <laughs> I'm seeing screen caps and just like it's everywhere and it's like it is weird that like can't can't escape with this one platform. That's the one thing I'll give Mark Zuckerberg credit for. If you want to see the shit on Instagram and Facebook, like you he's like you have to log in. You absolutely yeah. have to log in. <laughs> you gotta see this shit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is weird that like news outlets don't like report on Facebook posts of celebrities. It's always just like it's whatever someone dumb, made a dumb tweet. Yeah, so maybe it's a problem. Mm-hmm. So it's maybe it's the only reason like it's barely hanging on, but it still hangs on. It's the most like one of the most used ones because it's so easy to just send tweet and then shit just shit explodes. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That, that that whole platform is very funny. Like, uh, my dad's like a big Twitter guy, and he just he's he's one of these guys who has like. I don't know. He might have like 15,000 followers or some shit like that just because he hates Trump. I'm like, that's cool. Just like retweeting Don Lemon and shit and hashtagging <laughs> resistance. Like, awesome, man. Cool. You're like, all right. Yeah. Good, <laughs> Enjoy good, use, it. good use of time. Right. It's, it's his pastime, I guess. You know, like, fucking weird, but. Like, we all get our dopamine in different ways, right? Hey, <laughs> I, I listen and play retarded music. You guys play video games. I also play video games, but not like you guys. Yeah. You probably, yeah. you guys probably have more fun than me at the end of the day. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> I only like gay beer. That's the only joy I have left. <laughs> and, and I wouldn't say Jim's time with Tetris 99 has been fun. No, it's just having my goddamn depression right now. <laughs> Torturing yourself. It's doing the opposite of that. all right chambers so now we got to get to our voicemails all right gents so we are finally at the voicemails we got two and it's there i now recognize the number they're both from our buddy tj so it looks like the first one was done at it was done in the afternoon so it's not like the usual 3 a.m ones so let's so let's see what he has to say hey it's been a while I was just uh, sitting here thinking, talking with uh, some of our friends, and Brian, you are like Patrick Swayze. You really are. You're you're developed, you're sexy, and then you have Jim come along, who's like Chris Farley. 
and is the opposite of that. I uh, just wanted to let y'all know and, you know, give my point of view of some stuff. All right, talk to you later. Bye. Hey, Lauren, you got anything you want to say? And he went, mm, mommy. Okay. Bye, guys. Thank you, TJ. Thank you, TJ. <laughs> Thank you for the voicemail. Wow, what a nice guy. Uh, I, uh, TJ, I mean, everyone usually says Jim is the eye candy, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> everyone loves Chris Farley. So, ha. Yeah, Good. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Quicker death. Went out easier. Didn't have the long, slow, painful process. Uh, That's how you go out. All right. So now this one, this next one is from TJ, but it is at 3.30 in the morning. So, Oh, oh boy. Hey, boys. It's TJ. I actually got a real question for y'all this time. So I know how you're doing like the 23 games for 20, uh, 2023. So when you're playing these games, do you use guides? Do you use like YouTube to try to play it quicker or like IGN walkthroughs or something like that? Or do you like fully um, go at the game and try to beat it, you know, without any help? Uh, I'm just curious about that. Talk to you later. Bye. I'll be honest. I feel like those two should have been swapped. Very coherent. <laughs> like yeah. It was very coherent at three thirty in the morning. Morning, um, and that's actually a really good question. Um, I can say for myself, I don't use any for the twenty three and twenty three, or even last year when I did level fifty club. I generally don't use guides for games unless it's like I am truly it's an old Nintendo game a la like friggin even Legend of Zelda or Castlevania 2 where it's like I'm legit stuck. I don't know where the fuck I'm going. Um, There's really I feel like there's no excuse in modern games to use a guide unless you're trying to do an achievement or some completion thing that like you really can't figure out to just beat a game. I feel like a lot of them are easy enough. And that would take away the fun for me from 23 and 23. I will say when Jim and I review review games, though, not only to get the 100% and beat the game, I do tend to like look up guides like, is there something I might have missed that would have been cool to talk about? So just make sure I covered all my bases. And then if I have to go back through and get footage for it, just to make sure I've covered all that. But for just playing casually and fun, yeah, I generally, unless I'm really stuck... I, I don't do that. Yeah, same. Unless I'm really stuck, I don't touch them either. And almost the same like you. Like, when I'm done, like, when we have a review request or we're just reviewing a game, I try to beat it on my own, so I have that experience. And then I'll, like, start to read up on it and try and see whatever I missed or learn all the little factoids and all that bullshit. But now I'm basically in the same boat. Yeah. Now, Tom, you, with any games you play, I know you don't play them as much, but do you ever have to go to guides or anything? Um, yes. So I have been playing a bunch of the Tony Hawk one and two remake that came out in 20. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I think I downloaded it when it came out and just didn't play it. And then I remembered I had a PlayStation, uh, last three, four months and I've been fucking playing the hell out of that. Um, so for that, I have needed to actually get guides cause I'm trying to do the speed run stuff. So they have a game mode now Oh yeah, where it's like how, how quickly can you do all 12 uh 10 goals rather of of the level so it's hard to do so like just seeing other people kind of do it 
see if you can do it. And it's a challenge enough. You know, it's not walking over to a box that you didn't see in a fucking third person and be like, oh, this is unlocking something. It's, uh, you know, you still got to be able to hold those manuals and grinds down, you know. So uh, yeah. it's a challenge enough in itself as a performance game. Uh, it's no skate, that's for sure. But yeah, no, no. I mean, and that's the thing is. There are games like I can remember one of the games last year for level 50 club. I definitely at one point, just because it's so massive, was Bloodborne. Just trying to figure mm. out like I hadn't played it in months, so I forgot where I was actually at. So I was like, I don't know where the fuck I'm at, where I'm going. Like, I just have to. And that game is not it's, it's any from software game. There's no map. There's no nothing. So you don't even know right from left um so i definitely need it for that but otherwise yeah it's definitely usually for like in resident evil 4 remake i was like how do you unlock like after i beat the game i was like how do i unlock x y and z or like trying to find some shit out like that and like what do i need to do and then i like you i looked up i'm like oh there's like these speed runs for professional if i ever go back to that game i might utilize some of those but yeah. i try not to just for a casual game. Right. It's just a good way to, like, get into it and try to get more out of a game. Yeah. Um, I can't really think of any game where I needed a guy. There may have been. Oh, I, actually, Breath of the Wild, I probably, one or two of the missions or whatever the fuck, you know, the temples, I probably looked it up because uh, I'm not above it. Don't I don't judge no, at you, all. No, you should definitely do it, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it's just like if I just want to get the fucking thing, like... I, I'm kind of an idiot. You know, there's been times where, like, there are game mechanics that just don't fit where my brain's at, and it's just like, oh, just seeing someone else do it, it's still an yeah. accomplishment. Dude, do, you know, do you know how many goddamn times I've played a game just not knowing I can do one thing, and then I, like, struggle for four more hours than I need to doing it not with that, and then looking up and being like, oh, I'm dumb as shit. Yeah. yeah. I do have a grind mentality a lot of times, which is why I stay away from, like, these bigger games bloodborne shit like that like dark souls i'm never gonna touch those games like i know i've talked to enough people who play them i know how much of a waste of time that i would have i'm not gonna say it's a mm -hmm. waste of time for anyone but fuck like i know myself and mm -hmm. uh yeah if i get in it's gonna be not good not yeah good. <laughs> yeah i i i agree though i definitely never look down on anyone if you're looking up a guide you're doing videos, whatever. Do what you got to do to enjoy a game. Um, I almost feel like if you are able to beat the game and then you use it to find the other things you missed, it does add a level of replayability. Sure. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I feel the same way about movies. Honestly, like if you watch a movie and then see like some legit critical points on like what takeaways were from it, you might get more enjoyment from the movie the second or third time watching after hearing some other people, you're like, oh, shit, I never even thought about that. Like, yeah. it's another way to consume the media. So, yeah, I think I think it, it, there is value there for sure. Yeah, totally, man. Um, yeah. The, you know, the, the one thing I don't personally get when it comes to, to gaming and, like, the ultimate waste of time for me is, like, you might agree with this, but is, like, RPG grinding. <laughs> now... Like, it's a joke. I'm sure a lot of people agree with me on this one, but, like, the fact that the game has somehow managed to capture, like, the the retardation that we all have, where it's like, 
Oh, I mean, if I just uh, I, like I played Nino Cooney, and I hated it, but I couldn't <laughs> stop playing it. And there was one point where I found myself grinding for like an hour just to level up some shit. Like I don't know, I I, I don't play a lot of RPGs. I'm not attracted to that kind of, kind of game, but I did find myself for an hour just like going to one spot, killing some animal. And making sure I was close to a save point, so if I died, it would just be right there. And just doing that for a fucking hour. I was like, mm-hmm. what kind of game is this shit? And what kind of piece of shit am I that I have to do this? So I think it, anything that's not like that kind of gaming mentality, where it's like, if you're, <laughs> all right, it, if you're playing the game, that's great. If the game's playing you, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. Actually, Tom, to that point, never play Elden Ring then because no. you either have to grind a lot or be a true autismo and just be able to completely dodge every single goddamn thing ever. It's no, one I, or the other. I, I well, can't, dude. I would never, never play that shit. It's also part of the reason why I can't get into pretty much any JRPG because you're adding the annoyance of of grinding. And bad with story. Fu- with, with, mm. They're <laughs> not all bad story. But it is That's something you have to care about the story. But my bigger problem is it's taking the two worst part of games I don't like, which is grindiness and fucking excessive menus. Oh, which yeah. Which I'm like, I don't want to spend 10 minutes trying to navigate to attack and then to see the shit miss. Like, oh, I'm sorry. That's not fun at all. Like, so I so JRPGs have eluded me, and I know Jim Jim more for story and shit like that. But like, yeah, it just that shit is not fun. But yeah, Jim and I are both victim. We there are certain games I've grinded. I've said one of my only one achievement if I could take back my time is fucking Dead Rising uh, to hundred percent complete it. You had to kill ten thousand zombies over the three day period. So I literally uh, found the thing. I I saw a guy's uh, guide. Get a car, run them over until it breaks, go back, rinse and repeat. I was so proud when I got it, and then I went, that took like two hours. What the fuck? Just to get this little achievement. As a friend, I would say you should be ashamed of yourself. And, uh... I was. I was. It was college. It was very. Uh, it was a very waste of my time. And that, Truly, that's – but like that mentality shit is why I don't get Weebos at all. Like I honestly – I don't I don't get Eastern cultures at all. Like I'll just – Willing to say it, I think there's a lot of beautiful shit that comes out of Japan, but like, um, there's this thing like America and New Jersey and fucking New York and Pennsylvania. We love fucking pumping iron. That's what dudes do. They fucking lift shit. Mm-hmm. Japan, how quickly can you go through a menu? That's the yeah. equivalent. It's fucking weird. Like, at least you get some pushing power. You know, you go to a fucking yeah. gym. That's what we do here. There, they just goddamn it, it's graph paper. They're patient people. They can sit through yeah. 700 episodes of filler just to get to that one story thing. Unbelievable. That's why I've never got more than three hours into a Pokemon game. Oh. I can't. I can't do it. Oh, I just. I can't do it. Hold on a second. Can I? May I? We're on, I'm on a gaming podcast. Pokemon is the dumbest shit on the face of the planet. I fucking hate it. What's it's, What's wrong with you that you can't fight? Like, in this, you're playing a video game, right? The idea is you're telling someone else in the video game to fight. So it's two levels of of uh, of obscuration. I don't know the fucking word. It's like the detachment <laughs> level is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Using this attack. I remember being so upset getting that game. 
I had a Game Boy, uh, Game Boy Pocket. That was my first, my own system, and everyone was talking about Pokemon. I'd never played it. I didn't see any of it. I didn't see the cartoon. I asked my parents for it. They did not get me a lot of games. That was one of the two games I had. I started playing. I said, this is the gayest thing in the fucking world. <laughs> Pass me my Bud Light. <laughs> yeah. And then they bought me, I, I think they bought me like Wario Land. They thought it was Mario. They don't. They were not into this gaming thing. But, oh my God, what is wrong with you people? How do we have so many millions of people that are that into collecting shit and watching other shit do f- stuff for them? And how none of them are bosses, I don't understand. Like, anyone who's really into Pokemon, for some reason, they're not the top of their company. Yeah. Isn't that the the only lesson you get out of that? Jim's a Pokemon nerd here. Sorry, Jim. I I am the Pokemon nerd for the fact that I've played through, like, three of the games. But, uh, yeah, you know what it is? Like, you see, like, that thing of shit behind Brian back there, his shelves and his collections? Yes. So all my shit's packed up right now, but I've seen your setup. I I know. uh, Yeah. I've seen, if I have it properly laid out, it's like four times as much of Brian shit. I think if you have that like disgusting collector sickness in you, then Pokemon gets you. Or if you're stoned, because when Pokemon first came out, like I was like 12 or 11 or 12 at the time. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's gay. I don't want to play this stupid Pokemon game. But then when I was a pothead with all my pothead friends when I was 19, they were like, you want to play Pokemon? And I was like, no, no, I never did before. And then I would get real stoned and just sit there and play Pokemon. Okay. And grind and just try to catch these adorable little animals. And it reached out to me that way. So you either have collector sickness or you're a stoner. I think that's what you have to be. Okay. Yeah. I don't smoke weed because every time I do, I turn to a psychopath, which I think is like, um, I probably have a mental disorder. That and it's like the inverse to- reaction. Isn't that like what they say like sociopaths have? I when it's like so, uh, yeah. if you smoke weed, you either get like super paranoid or you like lose your mind. Yeah. So there is the mental illness in my family. God bless. But fuck, man, I turn into them when I smoke. So I'm not playing Pokemon. That's what it unfolds. <laughs> <laughs> That's how that unfolds. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know what? You're not missing that much. So it's all right. I, I just couldn't imagine. I, here's the thing. Like the first time we had you guys on Roast Mortem, I was playing kayfabe. I was like, fuck video games. And I was like, oh, shit, I actually like video games too much sometimes mm-hmm. where I almost feel guilty. I do. I'm a very uh, I'm a very productive person. I actually make money with productions. I do. I'm not like, oh, I'm a hobbyist. I have a desk job. It's like, no, I'm sitting in front of a computer. I'm in, I'm in front of Pro Tools all day. I get paid to make music. I do dumb shit. Um, a part of me, because I'm doing that all the time, now I just feel guilty when I play games. Like, straight up. It's like, mm-hmm. it's either that or I'm fucking sleeping. And then Rose Mortem didn't help, to be honest, because now I have to read about history in my free time. <laughs> and history's lame as hell. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. It's, it's actually no, I, Jim and I have said it, it, there is a, I mean, the same way. I can't enjoy a game without thinking, should I be getting footage for it for a video or something else? Like, I'm not enjoying games the way I used to. That's honestly why we did level 50 and this 23 and 23 is allow yourself to not worry about it, that it needs to be turned into content. Just enjoy the game. Yeah. Like force yourself to do it basically. So. Yeah. yeah, You want to, you want to talk mental illness, fucking content creation of any goddamn kind. 
Yeah. If you can't enjoy your hobby anymore because you're just thinking, well, I got to talk about this. It's like, ah, that's it's turning into a problem. That's not good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. D- dude, I have projects I'm working on that I can't even talk about on this because I've told the person I was working with I can't talk about. But like my free time is like, that's what I'm doing. I, and I've signed NDAs before. I've done that shit. Mm. And it's like, there's always something to do. I'm always overbooked. And it's always, it's, it's always at the detriment of me like sitting back and doing some shit I want to do. Whether that's like <sighs> playing a video game. Whether that's, um, I don't know, just going on a walk. Shit like that. Th- th- this is like, unfortunately, playing a game and walking is like the same thing at this point. Yeah. And um, either way, you know, but I appreciate you guys having me on the show because it kind of like puts my guard down a little bit where I can go, oh, oh yeah. yeah, like other people do this and they treat it with like the same kind of critical brain that I do. Well, maybe possibly to a detriment, but we can drink beer and get fucked up and talk about it. Like this is, this exactly. is so much fun. That's the goal, man. Now we we obviously appreciate you coming on. I mean, we we always enjoy coming on Roast Mortem. Definitely want to have you on many many more times in the future because it, it is fun talking with you, bullshitting, and hearing that different perspective too. And you know what? Like you said, at the end of the day, we're all looking for that dopamine in one way or another. But the common link, I think, is getting a little fucked up. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of <laughs> dopamine, check out the Roast Mortem podcast. To listen to our beautiful voices on there. As well, Tom, Travis, and the rest of the boys over there. Connor, Mike, whenever he shows up. Yeah. And you, <laughs> when he's not breaking his legs and fucking girls in the back of cars. <laughs> and so, yeah, go over there. Learn some history. Learn some goddamn history, but have some fun with it. Don't don't read a book. Books are dumb. Yeah. Listen to a yeah. podcast. It's way better. It's so much better. <laughs> and check all the links below. And, guys, thank you so, so much for watching. If you haven't already hit subscribe, please do that. Hit that notification bell. And if you're listening on Spotify or iTunes, hit the subscribe button. It would support us a ton. And if you give us five stars, even if you want to bash us in those comments, we will read it on each and every one of these power hours. So with that, we want to say have a good night, everyone, and cheers. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, y'all.